Patrick Robbins arrived in Ulsan in late 2007, and after a short stint teaching in the countryside, he knew it was time to mix things up and buy one of the hottest local bars in Ulsan. What a jump! Listen as Mr. Robbins details the genesis story of JJ's bar, his musical endeavors, Korean life, and the ups and downs of being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Two hours plus in the studio with this guy, and I still feel we could have gone another two hours. I think this episode will be one that people look back on in the future. Lots of good historical stories here. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. This advertisement is for any foreign residents here in Korea. Have you ever met someone here you only feel calls you or wants to hang out because they want to improve their English? Do you have no way to tell them it's annoying and you aren't interested in helping? If this is the kind of situation that's making you sick, Dr. English is here to help. <laughs> Kindly refer your annoying acquaintances or co-workers to the Dr. English all-in-one platform. Qualified native speakers can help them continue their journey to English fluency today. They can enjoy learning from the comforts of their own home without breaking your balls every single day. Have them call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class or have them take their English to the next level by visiting their website at www. .dr-english.com Open your door. Open their doors. Open your door. Kick their asses out. Dr. English. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. I just Yeah, but you you started clapping there two episodes ago. You were doing a clap and I all this one. shit, and <laughs> just do whatever I want. Switch it up. Keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life, number forty nine. Here we are, with Mr. Patrick Robbins. Welcome. welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming down so early in the morning. We know usually it's the the night that you're. Uh, you're keeping uh, keeping everyone in line at night, but thanks for making an early trip over to Mugadong. Absolutely, uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, um, let's get right into it. Man. Give us the steps or the the story behind how you came to be the the proud owner of one of Ulsan's uh, longest probably running establishments. Yeah, so um, foreign establishment. I have to go back to the beginning here, kind of. Yeah. So. I uh, originally came to Korea in uh, 2007. Yeah. When I was initially, I was uh, initially I was living in uh, Gyeongju, which is where I uh, I met June. Oh, well, you guys have been together for since yeah, you... 14 years. Yeah, 2007. Since we... the time you no got way. here. It was, about, it was about three months after I got here. Yeah. You and Brian are buddies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three months after I got here. No way. Wow. When did you come? Uh, so that would have been October of 2007. Oh, is when shit. I came. Yeah, we're we're right around the same time, dude. So I guess wow. technically it's like 2008. It was, it was winter time when yeah, I was yeah. in, right? And so, yeah, you know, the year went great. You know, um, I really enjoyed Korea. And so essentially, though, I asked June or I told June, I was like, listen, I'll, um, I'll stay if you want me to. And she just said, no, go home. <laughs> Which is kind of heartbreaking initially. So, yeah, I went back to uh, I went back to Kansas City, spent some time with some family, started working again. Um I was bartending at a place called uh, Hulahan. Yeah, so just hopping right back into that kind of server bartender life was not something that I really wanted to do mm -hmm. after spending a year in Korea because I thought I was kind of getting life back on a track where um, I was a little bit more focused, 
you yeah. know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, kind of the restaurant bar Absolutely. job yeah, yeah, back yeah. home. It's not really conducive if you want to live a sober lifestyle. Yeah, I would say <laughs> so. <laughs> it's a whole, it's a whole culture in itself. I mean, we're it's, from from Niagara Falls. That's the the dream, man. You go out, you're making cash for tips, and your your bar closes or your restaurant closes, and you're heading out to another one right away, right? Away. Yeah. Or, or to a riverboat casino, if you're like me. Uh, yeah, so basically, I was spending my tips as fast as I was making them, and I just wasn't really getting anywhere. Um, I was applying for other jobs um, as, uh, that per- more, I guess, that pertain to my major at university, but it just was no luck. The economy wasn't great. Yeah. Well, it was um, a fucking horrible time for the economy. Oh, it was right there. Yeah, yeah it was 2001, <laughs> 2002. Oh, no, that's the 2008. 2008. Yeah, yeah, it was just a horrible time. And so I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to come back to Korea. And um, June had given me a phone call, and she seemed really excited. And so I set up an interview for here in Ulsan. And then I, I came here under the, the pretext that I'd be living at least a little bit closer to downtown. But That's she was not... still in Gyeongju. No, actually, so yeah. So she was in Gyeongju, but when I had left, she was in Gyeongju to help her friend out with her business, mm-hmm. right? Um, she didn't necessarily want to do... She didn't want to be living with her, um, her parents at that time. But as soon as I left, she actually moved back to her hometown, Gwangju. And uh, she started living with her parents again. And she was kind of taking care of her mom and uh, helping her around the house and whatnot. And so when I came back, when I came to Ulsan, um, she was actually, she was in, yeah, like I said, she was in Gwangju. But when I came back to Ulsan, I was under the pretext that I'd be living at least a little bit closer to the city. But I was actually clear out in Anyang. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Which is like near Jinha Beach, right? It's actually probably just as close to Hyundai Beach in Busan as it is kind of here to downtown Busan. Not Onyang here. Onyang? No, no, no. Not near the KTX station. I think it's called Onyang. The way that's Onyang and that's Anyang. Onyang and Onyang. Yeah, Onyang. That's where my mother-in-law lives, right? Right, there. Onyang, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> which was a, a small area, but believe it or not, um, there was a good kind of foreign crowd out there of about 15 people and we all got really close because when you live in a town like that sure you just have to spend time together i think that, that's how i felt when i first came here too there's probably only 70 <clears throat> 70 or 80 teachers in in 2007 and it was that tight-knit kind of right. everyone knew everyone knew everyone doesn't matter what uh you know where you're from everyone kind of kind of hung out but well and of course like there's going to be people in that group that you probably wouldn't hang out with if you weren't living in such close proximity Absolutely, yeah. but then again there are people like that you meet in these groups that become lifelong friends. Absolutely. Sure. And so, um, and that's what happened. You know, I, um, I met my friend, uh, Annie Boddington there, who's from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and he's a long time Wilsonite. Yeah. And uh, my friend, Brian Rascon, we, I met him out there as well, as long as with a couple of other guys, Matt Smith, Ryan Olson. And these guys are friends that I still, you know, yeah. keep in touch with. Wish Merry Christmas to him. Yeah. Long, I'll try to make this a little bit shorter, but, um, so when we wanted to have a really big night, of course, we would come down in, into the city. A friend of mine, Hazel Perez, who yeah. I had met actually here in Mugadong back when Purple Haze was still going <laughs> yeah. on. The smoky on. basement. So, the, the Navy SEAL buddy of mine? Yeah. He said it's still open and he goes there. No, it's, it is. It's it is still there. Yeah, it's still open. <laughs> be there. Yeah. Remember when he came up to my place and he's like, have you ever been to Purple Haze? And I was like, I was there 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's still open? Listen, last time I went in there to get... To solicit some shit for uh, for We Hope to see mm-hmm. if they want to make uh, make a donation, dude. The guy was dealing fucking blackjack in the basement. No he, kidding. He was like, you, you, like full table, like him and like six kind of slightly angry people who are clearly <laughs> losing money. <laughs> yeah, but he was, uh, yeah, they were dealing. That's wild. Yeah, they used to have one plus one cocktail. 
He was days off everything we used to go there. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that place is still open. I, I thought it shut down, God, years and years ago. Anyways. Dude, that, well, what kind of insurance policy do you need for a fucking staircase like that oh to get to the God. bathroom? <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Well, who makes shit. a building like that? Oh, I don't know. That's the fucking... Because it's not... A... It'd be one thing if it was shared, right? But it's not even shared with another kind of... It'd, another, it'd be one just... thing if it wasn't... If your fucking business wasn't serving alcohol. Right, people. sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I get worried about that at JJ's, you know? Because those are stone stairs, you know? Oh, well, but at least you can jump out a window at JJ's. I guess that's true, right? Like, I thought, I, when, I, when I was at Hayes, I always thought about a fire. If there was a fire, there was no way out of that place. Absolutely. And that's the ones Whoa. that were always in the, I don't know if you remember the Norebang fire three, four years ago. It was in the basement. And a whole bunch of people died because there was only one way in and out, and that's where the fire was. I almost got 100 on but, this time. Come on. But at Hayes, there used to be some fights there. Oh, yeah. Some absolutely. good ones. And you couldn't get out of it. Like, you, there was no way out of that place. Right, right, right. It was only, yeah, it was only one way up and down. And if there was ever a fire, like... You remember when Guy threw the fucking pool balls at the... Guy almost fought. He picked... He was, they were whipping pool balls at each other. <laughs> it was wild. Gareth had a few episodes there. Good time. Petey. <laughs> Anyways. Good yeah, time. so we would usually go down there to Purple Haze. That's back when it was kind of... Um, you know, still going, still popular. Mm. You'd still smoke. Still smoke, right? Um, <laughs> but that was actually... We had heard about, um, oh, remind me the name, a oh, tombstone. We yeah, had, yeah. All right, we had heard about tombstone, but we had also heard rumblings that it had just closed, and so um, you had to you had to break in the back door if you wanted to get in there. <laughs> well, no, no. Yeah. So we used to go up there late at night, yeah. and that's actually the first time I think I met Jeff and Pokey and all those guys because mm-hmm. it was like closed down, but it was still not closed it was a, down. You could scale the back wall, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep yeah. So yeah, yeah, so um, we. I met Hazel there, and Hazel and I, I guess you could say, you know, she started showing us around a little bit, and she was actually the first person to ever take us to bench warmers. Now, the reason I bring up Hazel is because, well, I'll get to that in a second, but yeah. um, Hazel took us to bench warmers, and that's, of course, where I met Troy and a lot of the guys, and Troy and I always got along really well, you know, um, kind of from day one, Troy and I always kind of hit it off, even though we talk about American football, yeah. which was not something that I could do with a lot of people, still, even today, now, you know, yeah. so... Uh, Troy and I always got along really well, um, and I wouldn't go to bench warmers uh, often, but Brian, Andy, and myself, we kind of made a little trio of a band, and, you know, we worked on some cover songs, and so Troy asked us to come down one time to play music every now and again, and, uh, you know, and it kind of became, I guess, my hangout every time I came down to, I guess, the city, right? (laughs) Well, the rumor was that I heard from other people was that Troy was going to sell bench warmers, because um, I think... Well, at least the way he communicated it to me was that he wanted to um, make sure his son Connor was kind of brought up in Canada. He was a little bit uh, weary of the Korean school system for yeah. Connor, right? So Sounds familiar. Right, right, sure. And Andy and I were back in uh, Unyoung, right? And we had a few beers on a Friday night. We started, our plan was to go to a pool hall that they had there, but we were just slamming the beers. It got to the point where it was a bit weird because we were just shotgunning beers in the park. You know, as you do. But um, I thought you were going to say a Korean guy started rubbing your leg. No. <laughs> As you know. We actually, um, we started, Andy and I started gearing each other up. We were like, you know, we should buy a bench warmer. We should do it. He's like, ah, oh, he's like, I don't know. I'm shotgun another beer. Yeah, let's, you know, let's fucking do it. <laughs> and so I called Troy that night. And I was like, listen, Andy and I. Gonna gonna buy it right we're we're going to buy it right now. <laughs> Basically is what it was. Right? He was like, oh boy, oh boy. 
You know, just, just just hold on a second. And I have other interested. I have another interest. A couple people, and I was like, well, listen, we'd love to just have a sit down with you and uh, talk about buying the bar and perhaps. But the problem is, is that we needed one more person, right, financially to kind of help us, and we didn't really have anybody in mind. So yeah, a few weeks later, we all sit down and we start talking with uh, Troy. He sets a price, and he all also introduces us to a possible third investor, which is Chris Maslow, right. And that was the first time I'd ever met Chris. So looking back, it was kind of insane that we decided, yeah, let's do it. Mm. With somebody that I never met before in my life. I mean, the guy could be a total nutcase. And looking back, it just seems a little bit silly. But, you know, Andy and I were all geared up and um, ready to go. Yeah, so we decided to just kind of buy the place. Troy was very... Frugal? Savvy, frugal, uh, with his asking price, I will say. Mm. Because we is when you, when you kind of... Buy a business like that, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, because well, you gotta, you gotta pay buy for the, the furniture or something. Yeah. Or... I remember looking at a place around here, and it was it was like a real estate place. And I asked how much she was selling it, just curious, you know, how much, <clears throat> how much is it all? Like, if you you gotta put the quality, or not the quality, I, like still, the, the I down still don't payment. understand it. You had to put the down payment money for the owner of the building, but then she wanted in whatever, like like tens of thousands of dollars for the business. I was like, I'm not opening a real estate business. She goes, it doesn't matter. You still have to pay yeah, me this. Why I was like, that? what the fuck? But when Daniel, when Daniel opened his restaurant, he was, it was a Tatsutori or Izakaya or some kind of Japanese place. And, uh, he had to pay for that freaking skewer, special skewer grill and all this shit. And he was doing fish and chips. Like, he didn't need that shit. <laughs> but he, they like, oh, we want 50 grand or 80 grand because you got to buy the shit in Because here. they paid it when they went in. So take yeah. it out with you and sell it. So I, I still don't understand how that works. Yeah. And when you, sell, just when you sell a hogwan, you got to pay for the students, but all the students might quit. But you still got to pay for them, kind of. Like, yeah. I'm selling my hogwan with 80 students. Well, that's... If they like me and they yeah, want to yeah, stay, right. but they might all leave. Why would I pay for your students? And that's why I kind of understood where Troy was coming from, right? Because it wasn't like Troy was sell- selling a failing business. Mm. I mean, Benchwarmers was still quite popular, mm. right? And he was selling us some of the clientele, sure. right? So Absolutely. I understood kind of from that perspective. And there was furniture that we were planning on using in there. Yeah. You know, obviously, there's obvious... Um, he had liquor suppliers that we needed and, you know, refrigerators and all that stuff really adds up when you want to invest sure. in the business and that's just stuff we didn't, you know, so I understood the prices, I guess is what I'm trying When to you say. said Troy was kind of, I thought, I thought you were going to say he didn't, didn't keep it up so well and it was so dark and dungy because I know you guys did a hell of a remodel on <laughs> right. it and God, it was like a an oh, ultimate man. man cave. <laughs> it was actually, it was an actual cave back then. Um, well, that's the first thing I did as soon as we bought it, right? That's the yeah. first thing I did. I was really excited, so I was ready to get in there. So I first thing I did is I went in there on my own on a, like a Monday night, and I cleaned out the kitchen. And let me tell you, I've never, never you ever seen, seen anything so disgusting. Oh, 6.8 6. 8 million poutines never wiped the grease well, down. Well, that's once. what was crazy. There was food that expired even before Troy opened the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought you were gonna say, "Well, Troy never." Yeah, I thought you were gonna talk about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like I don't. I just I just don't even understand why it was in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> but this isn't stuff that expires easy uh, easily either. It's like it's like canned beans, right? Beans last forever. <laughs> or noodles, dry noodles. Yeah. Noodles last for years, and all this stuff expired, <laughs> and I just didn't. I just couldn't believe it. 
And it was kind of amazing he could fit so much in that small kitchen anyway. That's why I was always so sick when I went there. Man, <laughs> got the East Coast gravy mix from 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, man, it was a mission. It's all hard to rock. Yeah. <laughs> what year was this? So, yeah, that was... 2009? I mean, 2009, I think. Yeah, I think it was October of 2009. I remember seeing pictures and you guys were like, there's windows in here. Yeah, I remember. Holy shit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> this place has windows. No, yeah. Which was a terrible idea in the long run, to be honest, because the place didn't really have proper heating at the time. And so, <laughs> yeah. so that was not a good idea. So, yeah, so to go back, so we decided instead of investing in somebody, you know, a carpenter or a team of people to remodel the place yeah. we decided to do it all ourselves yeah and that was an adventure in its own um the floor in the place which was layered so i don't know if you guys remember but troy had steel um steel tiles yeah on the floor and so we decided that we were going to obviously take that up because it didn't look great and it was kind of um i guess warping and so we actually picked up all the tiles and then there was another layer of floor before that mm. So we had to get rid of that floor. There was another layer of floor yeah. there. We gained probably an inch and a half just on floor yeah. space alone. Right? <laughs> oh, right. And that's such a Korean way, right? Don't do it properly. Just put it over top. Right. There, there's a hockey rink in Pohang, right. and the foundation was cracked and, and all effed up. It's a hockey rink. The foundation is crucial, and the refrigeration system is crucial to a hockey rink. What they do? They poured a new slab on top of the old foundation. So now the boards, the dasher on the boards comes up to like just over your knee, <laughs> and the glass is like right at neck level, so you can decapitate yourself. Right where you need it to be, right? And it's like, did they do something different here? And like, yeah, they re-poured the foundation eight inches higher than it used to. You're, they didn't take the old one out? No, no. Right on top. Oh, Get like, it done and keep it's like going. Fucking wallpaper editing. Yeah, <laughs> right. But see, that's what happens though, is that when people finally come in and they want to replace the floor, like happened to us, the floor that's underneath the floors. Is really hard to get up. I yeah. mean, that was a weak mission in itself. So yeah. We're really scraping crowbar and scraping yeah, yeah. up yeah, the tiles I it. underneath, I right? It. <laughs> Jesus and so, but cool Got a enough. Body under there with the metal slabs that we had, right? The metal slabs. We actually were able to sell that. Yeah. And that actually paid for the floor that currently is in JJ's bar oh. right now, which was yeah. kind of cool. But something Troy doesn't know, and I don't. This is really weird, right? But when we're doing this whole remodeling process. A couple of funny things happened. A huge bag one, of money. Well, it was some money, right? Yeah. We had it. And, Andy, Chris, was and it I, in an envelope? Uh, it was. Did it say hockey? It wasn't an envelope. Did it say hockey pool? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't an envelope, right? It wasn't an envelope. That one's been missing for a while. We 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 were poor because we had just invested all of our money, paying yeah. off Troy and get, you know trying to get things for the bar. Yeah. And I mean, I was living on ramen in Korea, which the is expired hard. one. Yeah, the expired yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I should have done with it. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Sustenance. But no, so we, yeah, we, we found this kind of wad of money in this envelope in the corner of oh. the bar near the ceiling tile. And it was a you good... You got a big Christmas present this year, Troy. <laughs> it was yeah. it was a good 160 It was a good 160 bucks in there, which yeah. was a lot of money for us, right? Sure. So yeah, we went out and we got ourselves a little, nice little... Well, we needed to, we needed to <laughs> save it, right? We were like, let's go to Sam Gipsall. But no, we yeah. couldn't. We just actually went to McDonald's and kind of used that money to feed ourselves over the week and another thing was troy used to have this uh, what do they call it kerosene heaters right the kerosene heaters next to um little space heaters you mean yeah but it was, yeah but it was quite big oh, right yeah. it was kerosene that's how he heated the place and um behind the kerosene heater once we kind of cleaned everything out from behind it there was a nest right and there was this, <laughs> a literal nest 
right? That had this egg in it, right? And we had no idea how long had it, it had been there, and so we wanted to be super careful with it. Could have been right? a dinosaur. And we were doing a lot of work that night, so maybe we had a few drinks in us, and I was like, Andy, you'd be better be careful when you move that nest, right? And he was like, but what if it's still alive? And I was great. It was like, just move it outside, you know? And so he's carefully walking across the bar, trying not to, you know, do anything to the egg. And suddenly something happens where he just trips over, you know, because <laughs> we had tons of stuff all over the floor because we were cleaning. And he he just trips and the egg just whoosh. And you could almost see the little smoke like in a cartoon coming out of the egg, <laughs> right? And it was a stink bomb. So here we are. We're poor. <laughs> we're poor. Obviously, the egg had been there a very long yeah. time. So here we are. We're poor. You know, we're, we've been working all night, all week, every day, before work, after work. And by work, I mean teaching. And now the whole place just stinks like a stink bomb. And, yeah, so that... You'll never forget the smell of a rotten egg. Oh, it's horrible, man. I cracked one in my one room. It was disgusting. Like, like puking. Oh, like, like you could vomit. I, I, I can still, like, conjure up the fucking smell in my nose right now. It's disgusting. And it never yeah. goes anywhere. Like, you think, oh, okay, we'll just open a window. Or, you know, we'll just spray something, right? But no, it just never goes away. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And so... Welcome you have to, to JJ's. Yeah, so that whole process, you know, we finally get it done. Um, it does look it does look better in there, right? But the problem, like you said, is we've... We were very green. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. And that's just an honest, and I think Andy and Chris would even agree with me today. We were um, we were over, in over our heads. You know, mm. Chris did a fantastic job with a lot of the construction in the, because he did the majority of it, because he was very good at that kind of stuff. And he did a very good job with it, and I, we did the best we could with the limited time that we had, because obviously every minute we're not open, there's sure. money we're losing, right? So <clears throat> we wanted to get it open, so we kind of gave ourselves a deadline, and when we got to the deadline, we just kind of stopped doing the renovations and kind of stopped doing the construction on the place. But, um, yeah, so, you know, fast forward a couple of years, we basically drank, you know, drunk all of our profits. We have not done a very good job of running a business. We didn't really do a good job of cleaning. Mm. The dishes were always dirty. <laughs> and, yeah, so... It's still it's, bench, it's still bench warmers. It is still bench warmers at this time, yeah. So we decided to keep the name because at that time, if you looked into a Lonely Planet board, yeah, and this is before you guys, like, the only... There was no smartphones or things mm, like yeah. that, right? Smartphones were just coming out as yeah, soon as yeah. we were kind of at the end phase of bench warmers. And so people, when they wanted places to go, they had to look at a Lonely Planet or go online to to Google or whatever to find the places to go to bench hang out, right? Presence, and yeah. bench, bench warmers had a name, you know? Yeah, that was IP. part of how I got recruited mm -hmm. here, I think. Was was the guy sent me a picture and said, "Look, we got this awesome bar, bench warmers, mm. and all the boys and hockey pools, mm. and we all the ball hockey guys." And I was like, "That sounds like a jack part of the price, yeah, yeah. right." Of the and so we just yeah we decided to keep the name, and for that reason alone, because it you know had a reputation. Yeah. If it maybe not the cleanest bar, but definitely a very 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 Friendly. fun place yeah. to hang out, and we wanted to kind of keep that atmosphere. Um, but yeah, again, we were way in over our heads, um, and it got to be a point that it was detrimental to our health, really, because um, we did a, I think we did a decent job of sharing nights, you know, one night be Andy's, one night be Chris, one night be mine, and we made a deal that we'd always try to be there on Friday and Saturday in case it got busy, and that was kind of the deal we made, and it just started taking its toll on our bodies, because we were drinking way too much, and it started taking a toll on our 
Because the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, if that makes any sense financially. We just weren't making any money. And um, But I think that's... I, I mean, it's always appealing. You think, oh, drinking, partying, hanging out with my buddies and everything. But I think it's always often overlooked that that, that is almost always the end result. The novelty and, was. And we can think of so many. It's not like Mr. Kim where you you honestly sit there and you love hanging out, chatting with mm-hmm. people and stuff. The tum- there's, been a, there's been all kinds of these, you know, the tumors and stuff. And... And all over Korea it happens. And it's just, man, the tumor used to be free drinks after midnight. No kidding. Like, if once the ladies stopped running it because they were tired of being disrespected and, and putting up with crazy guys' bullshit, and the guys were running it, it was like, okay, we'll try and be normal until midnight. And it was like, <laughs> after midnight was free commander for everybody who was in the bar all night. But it was just, that was it. There was just never any profits in it. The juice and the squeeze. Put it even, uh... You go in and give me a Nikki B special. You just pour a bottle of Commander. You know the Commander. Yeah, yeah rum. Yeah, Commander yeah. rum and just in a couple yeah. of cokes. And it was like. But four but I'll, I'll say well, <laughs> Troy. <laughs> Troy did. Troy must have made some money off of there, because he wouldn't give you a fucking beer for free, ever. Yeah. And 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 he would he would even not bring in draft beer, because he could make twice as much from the bottles. Yeah, but if you want to run a sustainable business, this is what but, that, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like you got to be a dick. Even to your buddies, if you want to make money. I don't know if it's a dick move. I think it's a fucking smart business. Well, yeah, yeah I think it's... But a hold lot. on. Why are Mark and Jeffy so hard to go to Shillies? Because it wasn't all free. Yeah. Al's was. So that's what... I, but, and now now I think they've kind of <laughs> manipulated Shilly into getting a few more freebies. But right. Shilly knew it at the beginning, too. You can't just be giving free stuff to everybody. It, it kills you. You yeah, do well, it. and we would do that. That's exactly what what I meant. Because yeah. you want to hang out. Because yeah. when you think you teach all day, you want to hang out with your friends too. When you hang out with your friends, well, hell, I own a bar. Absolutely. You know, That's you know what? It, yeah. I, let's have a good time. Here's a bottle of Sambuca. Here's a bottle. And of bottle part of that, I think, feels oh, good that you do own the bar and you can yeah. do that. I think that's a, a fun position to be in. Yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. You know, I think when you're young, I think, I think just the bar business in general has this kind of it's romanticized a little bit. Yeah. You know, people want to be like the bar. Right. And that was the cool part about it. But at the end of the day, it is a business and, yeah. you know, it it's hard work and I it's really hard work. And, you know, and that's just something you have to keep in mind. So, yeah. So to go back to the story, um, two years later, we're not making any money. Everybody's just worn down. And so we all kind of knew we never really vocalized it, but it was kind of coming <coughs> to an end. And so it was right before, uh, I guess, I think it was right before. The new was strong. Right. right. <laughs> Two years right after we had opened. We, um, I remember we all sat down around a table. And I think it was a Wednesday night. Um, and we say that because it wasn't very busy inside. And we just put down a bottle of Jameson and we just had a long chat, Chris, Andy, and myself. And by that time, Andy and Chris and I were, you know, we were, best friends i would say you know we were really close and we all just sat down and we were all very honest with kind of what was going on and Andy had expressed that he wanted to move on and uh, chris said that you know he wanted to move on as well because at that time chris was making a lot of making decent money working on people's computers yeah because if you guys remember he was mad computers was good man. right yeah and he's still doing it he's still doing it and yeah. he's very very talented um you know <clears throat> at that stuff but i just always had the feeling that i could do better you know, I've always had, I've had a lot of experience in this um, service industry and bartending that I just always thought I could just do better. Yeah. And it was more a sense that I needed to prove it to myself because I basically just wasted the last two years of my life, mm. essentially. Well, that'll light the fire under your ass. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> looking back. Yeah. And so we kind of negotiated kind of a buyout for them, which was very modest. And um, they didn't need a big favor by doing that. 
Um, at that time, June had had plans to actually move to Ulsan. And so obviously I needed some cash flow to kind of get things going. And I wanted to redo the whole place again. I, yeah. But I didn't want to do it on our own. I wanted to make sure that it was done right by proper, um, you know, professionals. Yeah. yeah. And so um, she she was very supportive. And she said, yeah, I got, you know, I got you, you know. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this, which was amazing of her to do. Because she knew I would work hard. Yeah. You know, she kind of had, she knew that I would do whatever needed to be done. And so. JJ's is born. Yeah, and J, that's kind of how JJ started. Um, in the in the beginning, what was your what was your initial concept for the bar? You wanted like uh, I wrote down here. Do you want it like Cheers, like a, like a Cheers bar? Do you want it like the like Moe's Moe's Tavern, the Drunken Clam, Patty's Pub? What do you, what, do you, what was your original uh, concept of, yeah, of the bar? So it's kind of crazy how yeah. that's kind of evolved over the years. You know, mm -hmm. like when you're when you're renovating and you're just making sure everything's kind of in order kind of that's the last thing you kind of want to worry about. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You just want to make sure that it's, A, it looks nice, yeah. right? You just want to make sure that people walk in, it's comfortable. Yeah. That's priority number one, yeah. right? And so... Like, um, you mean the bathrooms or...? Everything. <laughs> everything. Literally everything, right? No, but there was, there was women who didn't want to go there just oh. because they were scared of Troy's toilets. <laughs> or lack... Or lack thereof. Because it was a shared bathroom at that point. Yes. It was a shared yeah. bathroom. We have lots of funny stories about that. Oh, <laughs> you, you have the bathroom separated now, yeah? Well, it's, which was crazy because a friend of mine during um, uh, Jason Lappies, yeah, yeah. God rest his soul, yeah. um, he he came down one time and he was like, what's upstairs? And I was like, you know what? I don't know, to be honest with you. And he goes up there and he's like, it's a bathroom. And he's like, why don't you just talk to the landlord and then you can separate bathrooms. Mm. And a lot of the great ideas that have happened in JJ's all become as a result of the people that really care about the place and mm. want to see it improve, you know? And so I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. That week, I called, and I said, listen, I'll pay you an extra 100 bucks a month for the bathroom. Mm. And she said, yeah, okay, no problem, deal. Because wow. it wasn't being used anyway. So the, we uh, yeah. Because in the, in the old days, you could go in there, there'd be three guys. Wow, I'm not going to wait. Dude, it was a shower curtain separate. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, wait. It's a chick taking Just a go to the girl. Spraying, spraying everywhere, and then a poor girl comes in. There's four guys pissing all over the place, ten beers deep. I don't. And I was like, "Oh, you need like a freaking cleaning crew before you can go for a leak here." I'm not. It was uh, terrible. I, I'm not sure if even separating terrible. the bathrooms has has really a, solved the problem. A shower curtain. <laughs> well, Listen, I, I was I was in. I went to take a leak one day. The guys is up there. <laughs> right, yeah. I went to take a leak, man. I, dude, I went in, closed the door, took a leak. And a, a girl walks out of the of the You're of the me. store. I swear to God, she came out. She's like, "Hi, how are you?" I'm like, <laughs> "I got my dick out, <laughs> doing all right." No kidding. And uh, <laughs> and she she introduces herself, and her name's the same as my wife's. So I was like, "Oh my God, you got to be kidding me!" Hi, I'm Julia. I was like, "What are you doing in here?" Just like this a is proper conversation. And the only thing I could think was like, "Oh my God, if I walk out of this bathroom, and someone who knows my wife is standing there, like, how the." Am I going to explain myself? Like, it's just one of those situations you right. get into. Where you're like, oh, my. You like, would really? literally have to go grab her, drag her over and explain the story. <laughs> and explain why you were in the bathroom. Right. But it was uh, it was so shocking. But, you know, I could even reflect back on when there was only one. There was only I'm one honest. bathroom available. I was like, this probably happened all the time to people. Well, you know, what? <laughs> I think that's probably when we figured it was probably over for bench warmers. Is, um, there were a few occasions when we caught people having sex. In the bathroom. I was going to say, bathroom. there was multiple yeah. occasions of other friskiness <laughs> in that bathroom. Yeah. I mean, 
like you can walk in any random night and be like, I guess you can't go to the bathroom tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you later, guys. Gotta have a yeah. third bathroom now. No, I'm not gonna say stuff like that still doesn't kind of go on. Um, we're just a little bit more. Uh, we'll tell them to stop if that kind of stuff's going on. You know, if anything's kind of happening in the bathrooms. There've been a few occasions where. There's been stuff happening in the men's bathroom. There's been a few occasions where stuff's happening in the, the women's bathroom. But not the night yeah. I was there. <laughs> tumor was good. It was just the fifth floor. Right, right, right. The whole everything was shut down except tumor. So the fourth and fi- or the fifth floor right. was always. And I, I I remember Andy would always tell stories. Yeah, I was shutting down the bar last night, but the elevator was on the fifth floor. So I so I thought I'd go up and check. I got a pretty good surprise. <laughs> but. He would always tell if the elevator was on the fifth floor, he always had to go and check because he knew something was going on. Oh, up there. Right. <laughs> so what's the what, what's the original concept when you're? Oh right, yeah. You're, so you're renovating. You're you're thinking of what kind of, not what kind of crowd do you want to attract, but what's the, not not a theme. What's the the feeling you want? People even to the name itself was kind of last minute because mm-hmm. June had to go to the license. Well, when you open up a business, you have to, especially a restaurant, you have to go to this course, right? And they only offer it once a month. And June was sitting in this course, and you know, it's all about food training, how to properly handle food, how to keep the place <laughs> clean, right? Some real fun stuff. How to throw it, fucking from Try skip that course because it wasn't in Newfie. How to deal with radioactivity? No, it's like um. So she's sitting in this course, and she was really surprised because right after this course, she was kind of asked to register her business right after this course, right? And so she needed a name. So she's calling me. I'm, t- I'm at work, and she's like, what do we name it? You know, and I'm just... And I had a list of names, right? And it's funny, when people know you're opening a bar, everybody thinks they've got the best name. You know, no, it's like, everybody's like, you should name it this. And Chris, actually, Chris Maserol, um, actually came up with the name a June's Joint. We we're just going to name it after June, which I thought was kind of a cool name. But I think it's false advertising. I see no joints in that. Well, that's it. That's it. I didn't want the connotations <laughs> to get mixed in there. So I said, just just call it JJ's because it translate kind of it translates well into Hangul as well as yeah. you know English. G- you know JJ's. So you know, kind of. And then after it was done, I was like, I don't even know what JJ's means. You know, how do I tell this story? Because people are going to ask, right? Like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. And so, anyway, so the construction kind of carried on after that point because we saw it a few weeks before we were going to open. And Andy was in the bar helping me. And then he's like, like, JJ's, why JJ's? I was like, man, I have no idea. And he actually came up with this concept of, um, and I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but inside the bar we have pictures of lots of musicians. Yes, there, right. Um, so all the musicians. On and the we wall, haven't been there for a long time, but but we still understand the bar. Oh right, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know if I get. I've told you guys <laughs> yeah. the story. No, no, I mean all the pictures. Yeah, yeah. I know we don't go by often, but we no. still know what it looks yeah. like. I just didn't. I didn't know because um, either the musician's first name or last name begin with J, J right? Yeah. And so I, um, which is kind of cool because there's more of them than you would. Yeah, realize Jim, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, J- uh, Michael Jackson, yeah. John Frusciante, Johnny, uh, Joey Ramone, um, Jack Johnson. Yeah, there's a ton. John Mayer, you know, Jack White, you know, there's just tons that you kind of. of so we Jays. just kind of made that ja thematic on that. Ja Rule, right. <laughs> I gotta get his picture on the wall. J Lo, I gotta get her up there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we just kind of made it thematic that way. Nice. But that was kind of a crazy time as well because we had paid the construction workers to do all this stuff, but in kind of in the middle of the process, they just stopped working. You gotta crack that whip, man. You can't. Uh, well, no, no, they well, just they just kind of said we're you know we're out of money, 
And I was just like, no, 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 no. That's not the way this works. Yeah. We negotiated a price for this to be done. Yeah. And they just kind of stopped working. Mr. Patrick, this is Korea. Yeah. <laughs> and June's trying to talk to the guy, and he's just like, no, we're out of money. We're just going to stop working. So, yeah, for that last two weeks, um, it was just me sanding that bar top and, you know, polyurethaning the bar top. So they top. didn't finish? They didn't finish it, no. <laughs> oh, they didn't finish shit. Wow. Um, the paint job huh. wasn't necessarily done. Um, you know, we had I had to, like, oh, man, Nightmare. so many things that needed to be done, and then I had two weeks to do it. So, obviously, when we ended up finally opening, which was in January of 2012, January, oh, sorry, December 1st, 2012, um, oddly enough, it was June's birthday as well. But uh, oh, that's been JJ's for that long. Yeah, Holy it'll be nine shit. years this December. It's crazy, man. Huh. Like I don't remember anything. <laughs> oh, thanks, Zambuka. <laughs> um, it all just kind of blends together, and yeah. So a few years after we were open, we've done um, kind of. I was finally able to shut the bar for a couple of weeks, and my my lovely friends uh, Richard uh, Richard Robin and um, his girlfriend at the time uh, Maria Keringle. We all just sat down, we repainted the whole bar, we got everything done, um, kind of the way that I wanted it to be done when we initially opened, and that's kind of the bar we have today. And what what about, do, do you think, what's, do you think about the clientele at all when you're doing all this? Like, man, I think of Troy's back in the old days, mm-hmm. man, I met so many, I guess there were just way more Canadians here then, but so many French Canadians, or Northern Ontario, or East Coasters, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, I remember so many of those guys, and I never met a person from Thunder Bay anywhere in Korea for years, and somehow I met I think three or four of them in in Benchwarmers, and uh, lots of Sudbury and Timmins and all all the, my neck of the woods. But man, it, it sure changed a lot over the years. The client for everywhere. I mean, not just teachers or engineers. It, it's it's all changed. But when you're coming up with those ideas or think, do you think about who your clientele is going to be or not? Right. Yeah. So and that is one thing. Show I me think. the money. I think Troy. I think Troy was always really good at, and I, that's something I've always really respected about Troy when watching him. Is he was, you know, he he wouldn't give a buddy a free drink, but he was genuine when he talked to people. You know, sure. he looked he looked people in the eyes, and you know, and he was genuinely genuinely concerned about you know how life is going with them. And um, and I've had you know a bar experience back home, which is it, it's different, but it, I always notice that if you're just genuine with people. And you just um, are willing to give and take a little bit as far as the freedoms and the fun they're allowed to have in the bar. And you honestly care about what you're doing. You know, the, the business will come. Yeah. And I think that's with anything in life, really. You know, yeah. if you're passionate and genuine and you're concerned, you know, you're going to do, do okay in life. You know, I'm just thinking about the different tactics of dealing with some wild customers and how Troy would either choke slam or grab a guy by the neck and say, listen, this is your last <laughs> chance. And I, and he would haul the guys outside and Tombstone was like, ah, okay, tonight's the Royal Rumble. <laughs> just let it go. Right. Let the best man win. Tuber was just a shit show where, you know, Troy ran a, a real business. And the, right. the, the Tuber was, yeah, it was cheers and friends and all those places all mashed together. But, and UFC. Yeah. <laughs> but if shit ever went down, it's just like, okay, well, if you don't want to be involved, get the hell out. Uh, but yeah. shit's going to hit the fan here. And, and Troy would never let that crap happen. And he, and he took care of business. Yeah. And that's something I, it's really weird. You know, you would think, like I just said, it'll be nine years in January. And you would think after all those years that I would have some really crazy, wild fight story. And there have been some altercations and stuff. But I think when people, and this is just a testament to the type of customers that I think JJ's brings in. Um, 
generally, you know, people don't misbehave in JJ's because they don't want to disrespect the bar. They definitely don't want to disrespect June, you know, mm. because, and I think it goes back to what I'm saying is we care about the people, I guess, our customers and the people in the community. And when we care, they don't want to take advantage of that. And they don't want to be, they don't want to be, I guess, the asshole that got into a fight at JJ's bar last weekend because that'll have repercussions in the future. You know what I mean? Like, except, it really will. Except Cupcake Kenny. Except for, yeah. So that, <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about that, that is really the only and absolutely the biggest kind of altercation that's ever happened in the bar. Right? And I, when you said that, I was like, oh, I know I haven't been there a lot, mm-hmm. but I think, like, I went three Christmases in a row or something, or a couple of Halloweens or something, mm-hmm. but... Whenever I was there, I thought I think Kenny was there causing shit, and I was like, <laughs> and nobody knows him because he only goes out like randomly, right? So nobody knew who he was. And I remember that night you saying, "Nate, get him out of here." And I'm like, "Oh, geez, I, I, it's not my job. I'm not even buddy." I'm like, "Oh, but nobody here knows who this guy is." <laughs> okay, I guess I'm the yeah. only guy in here who actually knows him. But and yeah, that was a crazy situation. The craziest part about that situation with Kenny, and I don't, yeah, I I have obviously ran into a lot of people in this life with that deal with problems yep. with substances and alcohol. And that just comes with the territory, you know? Sure. So I try to be understanding with situations like that, but it, the whole situation was very bizarre to me in the sense that I always got along with Kenny. Every time he came by the bar, he was always respectful to me in June. And the guy was just obviously having a bad night, yep. you know, and it just got really out of control. But that was, that was the biggest, I guess, kind of the biggest altercation that's ever happened at the bar. Well, that's, that's good to know that that's yeah. the worst of the worst. Yeah. I mean, there have been instances where a few Korean customers have gotten a little bit out of control, especially with, I think some Korean men think that when they come to the bar and they see foreign women, it's just kind of free range, you know? And yeah. I just think that they take advantage of that sometimes. And that's just something we're absolutely not going to deal with. But the crazy thing about it is I, normally I don't have to say anything. Usually a trusted customer, you know, member of the rugby team will simply just have, <laughs> pick up that guy and remove him from the bar, you know? And yeah. so, and they always do it in kind of a polite manner. You know, there's never really any violence or anything. So yeah. really lucky in that regard. I, um, <clears throat> do you see this is something you're going to continue? Oh, geez, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, as of right now, that's the plan. Yeah. Right? We, we enjoy doing it. We love helping people in the community and June and I really haven't had this discussion yet, but, yeah. um, for the foreseeable future, I think, yeah, this is something we're going to stick with for a while. Outside of uh, serving drinks, you guys also do, uh, I remember you guys are helping people with taxes, you're doing all, right, different, yeah. all different kinds of stuff. So yeah, so this season um, is tax season, as mm. you guys know, and um, we have a really loyal customer who is an accountant that comes by the bar quite often. It's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and he... His English isn't great, but he, he um, he's always wants to be helpful towards yeah. people, you know. And um, he offered one time, yeah. and you know he do, he does our taxes for the bar yeah. and stuff. You cook me poutine, I cook your book. Right, so <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, so he's like, I'll be happy to help people in the community. And oddly enough, June's kind of stuck with kind of the hard bit because she has to come up with tax numbers for people and she has to log people in and then she just gives that information to the tax man and he kind of looks over their their situation and um people have been getting pretty decent returns not everybody gets returns for whatever reason i don't really understand you know the ins and outs of it why some people kind of get returns and the Mm. other people don't everybody can't win somebody's gotta pay but no people are always really thankful um and it's something that 
it's not easy for June to do, but I do know that she does, you know, she enjoys helping people, you know, around, especially because June's always kind of semi-worried um, that people are, foreigners are going to get taken advantage of. Yeah. And, and, and they are. Yeah, right. And they so, are, whether it's a taxi or the tax man. Right. And yeah. I, I like the fact that people can, I know it's not easy for June, and I wish my Korean was better, but people in the community rely on her when, you know, stuff goes wrong, you know, like there's sexual harassment or something that happens, you know, yeah. June's the first, and she's, June's not the person to kind of screw around, you mm. know, she'll, she'll get it done. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Also to bring, uh, <clears throat> again, you're not just, uh, not just the bar serving drinks. You guys got lots of special events that you, that you host at the bar, whether it's comedy night, you guys do, uh, for a while there, you had the, the family dinners on, on Sunday, always, always, uh, over the top with Halloween and St. Patty's right. day. Would, do you want to speak to uh, to a few of those? Events? Yeah, so that's just something I've always really enjoyed and something I've kind of come into my own, I'd like to think, um, over the years, is that I like to, um, I love events that bring people together. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of the arts, you know, and anything I can do to kind of promote that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed up for it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, unfortunately, the comedy nights aren't happening anymore since um, Caitlin Selleck was, um, has left. Yeah. But... Those were going strong for a long time, you know, and that is just to kind of go back. I that's something I really enjoy doing. I love people putting people finding out what people are kind of good at and then kind of giving them the free range to kind of do it. You know, that goes to, you know, my um, one of my best friends, Tony, who now does the burger night on Wednesdays. Right. And you guys interviewed um, a couple about a year ago. And, you know, Tony's so good at cooking. He's passionate about cooking. And so I just love kind of letting him kind of do his thing in the kitchen. And you wouldn't want to be there doing it every night. But right yeah. when you get to do, hey, this is my night. This is my time. I get to go and shine. And, and yeah, that's Exactly. Fun. Well, see, that kind of goes back to kind of what you guys were talking about in some earlier podcasts, right? Um, we can't do burger night every day of the week. Because the problem is, is the novelty of having hamburgers just kind of runs out. You yeah. just become a burger restaurant and nobody wants hamburgers anymore, sure. right? Yeah. Can't do a pizza every week because then people just get tired of pizza. Yeah. So it is, I think we've kind of hit the nail on the head as far as our burger nights on Wednesday, which have been hugely successful. And it's kind of a great way for people to break up the week and kind of come get a few drinks if they want um, and then have a nice burger, you know, get kind of an in and out type of thing. Say hi to people for yeah. the weekend. I, I, I've always been puzzled by the marketing in Korea. I mean, some things obviously they have absolutely right. The ladies seem to master the phone games of how many discounts and credit cards oh, and shit amazing. you can use to get connections and package and bundles. But <clears throat> I remember sitting at Wabar and Mr. Lim was a good friend of ours. And we would say, dude, there's nobody here on a Wednesday. Why don't you make a dart league? This would be so easy. And you get all the companies around town, the university, different departments, and you can have a dart league every night. Like Wednesday night is university night and Thursday night is Hyundai night. And the different departments would come and, they're going drinking anyways. Right. Why wouldn't you promote or or make different kinds of, you know, special nights at home? Every bar. It's Toonie Tuesday, Wing Wednesday, right. Thirsty Thursday. Every single night, there's a different. And I look at the bars in, in Guangan and in Hyundai, and lots of them have, you know, Wing Night or Fish right. and Chip Night or, right. or Ladies Night until 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But nobody, none of the Korean pubs, bar like Thursday party, they, they never had a special on. In ten years, and I don't think it's that they don't need it. Oh, it's but, yeah. but why not? And we always said, like, I would love to. 
I, I just don't understand from the business part of it why these guys can't figure this out, that your place is dead on a Wednesday, dead on a Tuesday. If you're going to open, why don't you bring business in? Well, see, that's that's such a good point because that's exactly why we did the right. night on Wednesday, right? Because, okay, Thursday, generally, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are mostly going to take care of themselves. So how do I get people right. in? How do I get people in on Tuesday? If you're going to be open, yeah. Now, you have to be careful with that, though, I think, because if you have something every kind of day, it kind of saturates it, saturates it a little bit, right? Yeah, but you have, like, once in a while you got poker or right. Game Boy tournaments or right. whatever, and and those kind of attract different people each time. Right. Exactly, right. So right. That you got to diversify. I don't mean having, yeah, wing night, pizza night, burger night, whatever, right. but but you got to have a little bit of something, variety. Right, you got to have something. And so that's and you why can, yeah, you can't just be we're open on Tuesday, come by. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, I'm still hung from Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm not coming on a Tuesday. And that's what was really cool about I mean, that's you were the first person to ever bring us uh Chase the Ace, which yeah. I just uh, the day you explained it to me, I knew that was something that we you know would be a lot of fun for people to yeah. do. And that would kind of solidify people actually coming on Friday because sometimes Fridays would be Fridays were always okay, but yeah, sometimes it hit or miss. Sometimes right. Fridays were really busy, other Fridays weren't so busy. Right. So how do we try to just give something yeah. for people to look forward to? And the Chase the Ace was such an incredible idea. Unfortunately, because over the past year we've had COVID and the closing times have been earlier. Sure. I've just kind of put it on pause for a while. Yeah. Um But even didn't you have the stitch didn't you have stitch and bitch or something there one time or some right, other no, kind of, and, yeah. like not to, and that's what I mean. It's not just for heavy drinkers or just for the guys who want to chow down on burgers, but but to have something for everybody at different times. Well, I mean, we have the space, so why not? You know, people want to meet right. and do stuff. You it's know, a, we, yeah. Yeah. we we talked about that before. The open, not a community bar, but space. like a, a community space or a clubhouse or getting some space donated just for for people to exp- to get out of their house and explore whether it's you know stitch and bitch or play poker, poker right. make meatballs, yeah. whatever you want to do, yeah. just. Just a place where people can get together. And I hope, I hope that for people who are listening to this, know that June and I are very approachable. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. if I'm not doing anything yeah. and I'm happy to open up for a couple, I'll sit there and read a book or play on my phone. If yeah. you guys want to sew or talk about knitting, yeah. or you know, Ben Garrett, uh, Ben Garrett, this is way back in um, when JJ just kind of first opened. He was doing a, a dance class on Tuesday nights. You yeah. know, I've been approached about yoga and things like that. Pretty much anything you guys want to do, yeah. as long as it's not, you know. In the heart of a Saturday evening, you know, you can, yeah. you can do it, you know, and I'm happy to promote anything is, um, you know, we've been approached about the Dungeons and Dragons, you know, and yeah. there's a small group of people with that going on. And, you know, we're happy. I to really want to try that. Me too. <laughs> it's such a. It seems like such a nerdy thing, but it's so. No, I'm in it, man. It's so attractive. I don't know why. That, I'm in it. That really. And you know, you know, what did it for it was Stranger Things. When yeah, I realized yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. It, I don't know, you, you hear about that growing up, and no, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's like a nerdy, nerdy thing to do. It's absolutely nerdy. When I was young, I did, uh, I had the little Warhammer figures, and I'd paint them and play with my buddies, but my brother used to be like, you're such a loser, what are you doing? Why are you playing those stupid games? But it's so, it's exciting, man, it's like a little war on your table. Yeah, right. But you, um, you just mentioned Ben Garrett, he sent us a question there. How do you stay engaged in the community when people are constantly moving in and out of your life? It's something that we had written down also that it's a transient place. You build up some really great friendships. I know you have some pretty good farewell parties. Um, how do you, how do you not stay motivated, but how do you stay there when always someone's leaving? Someone's leaving. Yeah, guys, that's, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Cause, ah, oh, man, I'm so like, I have met so many, so many 
and I yeah, it's it's mo- I get emotional thinking yeah. about it really because I've met so many incredible people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, just wonderful, fantastic, talented, um, good-hearted people. And you you share some of the best times, man. Yeah, you share and, some of the best. Times. And I hope you know when they go home, you know, back to their home country or you know wherever they're from, that they they look back on their memories and JJ's and in Ulsan in general very fondly. Um, oh, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. From meeting the boys in in Ontario there, and and sometimes hooking up, and it's just it's always stories. Tombstone, JJ's, right. Bench. What? I mean, that's where most of your memories are. Other bars didn't even exist. Like there wasn't a, a nightclub or something. Like it was for old Ajamas or something. A booking or there was nowhere to go for right. for years and years. It was only those two or three places. So how do you? What do you? Uh, so my problem with the whole thing is not when people are leaving. It's just I've become so immune to it. Mm. You know, and it's become to the point where now that I don't want June and I don't want people to think that we don't or aren't going to miss them. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that we're like, we just kind of done this so much. And, you know, you'll always be a part of what this place is, honestly. And um, but it's just you just become immune to it. And so it seems like you don't necessarily care it's not that we don't care when people are leaving it's just yeah. it's really hard to do you know people are always saying you know we'll talk you know we'll send messages and we're like no get life no you won't that's not gonna happen but that's okay you know that's yeah. that's totally okay um but it's to go back to what you were saying yeah it does make it a little bit frustrating it does make it a little disheartening to kind of have to go through that on a constant basis right. you know and but it also must be rewarding that you get to make those friendships that the average guy living his life in his own two niches of whatever mm. Friday soccer club or, or softball or whatever and work and your circle of friends doesn't change and you don't get to meet that's, people. Yeah, that's that's why point. I like being in Korea. I, I mean, one of my best buddies is Jeffy, 65 years old or 70. I don't know. Um, but, but another good <laughs> buddy, <not> 60. <laughs> Come on, I'm, and another good buddy was Willie and Willie was like 23 or 24 when he came and, because of hockey, but he's someone that I wouldn't normally hang out with or connect with. And that's part of living abroad is what I like is that I'm always evolving because the people around me are evolving. Right. And and, and I don't get to meet those people at home necessarily. No, that's a, that's a good point. You know, you do, we are always meeting new, new people, but, but from the business standpoint or from a business aspect, you have to worry, you know, who's going to take this person's job? Did they drink? Mm. Are they going to like coming here? Yeah. And that kind of thing is like, you know, you know, <laughs> honestly, that's a question we ask ourselves, you know, are they goddamn teetotaler, <laughs> teetotaling, uh, epic, please bring in alcoholics only. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, you know, it's just really started worrying us because for a while there, it became a point where they, um, they were bringing in a lot older people and uh, older people, um, you know, usually are fine, but, <laughs> um, they they don't they're they're they come to Korea for a different reason I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say they're coming to save money and have an experience and have that whole cultural now this is experience. only teachers not engineers because right they got no problem putting the card down oh, no they don't but if, unfortunately you know because of what's happening with the shipyard and the yeah. oil prices over the past year and a half we've seen a decline as far as I think it's on the rise now I think more more people are coming in they but, seem to turn the corner yeah they got know. a bunch of new contracts and. Looks better now. Yeah, and so that's always good to have, you know, from a both from the clientele aspect, but it's always good to have kind of older people and younger people at the bar at the same time. You know what I mean? Because it kind of keeps things in check. I know that may sound a little crazy, but yeah. when you have older people around that are more mature and just have a nice conversation yeah. and drinking, it kind of keeps the younger people from tearing off their shirts or swallowing <laughs> each other's tongues in the middle of the dance floor. You know well, how. <laughs> 
how do you decide who gets the big farewell party or or not? How? I mean, it must be <laughs> a, a it must be a yeah. tough spot because you know, oh, Sally's been coming here for ten years, but she only yeah. spends five bucks a time. But Johnny's come for three <laughs> right, years and sure, he spends like yeah. five hundred bucks a night, and <laughs> right. we got to give him a big party. Right? How do you? I mean, you say you're immune to the feeling of them leaving and stuff, but what about? How do you pick and choose who gets the the big do, farewell <laughs> announcement it? or whatever? Is it you who picks and chooses, or do they approach you? They say, you yeah. see that. That's what I was gonna say. They they uh, they approach us, and I think everybody consciously or subconsciously knows what kind of party they're gonna get at the end of things. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <everybody kinda knows. laughs> Where is everyone? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there have been there have been a few occasions where it's like, oh, good luck, and there's other places where June and I are just like in absolute tears because we're really generally Absolutely. gonna miss this person. But um, but some people come and say, hey, I'm gonna bring ten buddies or whatever. And, yeah, no, of course, you know, if you want to go in way party, that's great. Um, obviously, it would be a little bit awkward if this was like your second time to JJ's and you're throwing your farewell party there. But yeah. Right. Um, and just along the same vein how does someone get a picture on the wall there yeah that's a good question i need um i just want to apologize to everybody listening here i promise that <laughs> i will it's in the works june and i are planning a uh, a week off renovations to kind of um get update things the pictures ready. yeah to update the pictures <laughs> kind of get things that doing that overdue kind of deep clean and so we promise to get pictures on the wall um unfortunately for some of you um you might get replaced <laughs> no no i'm just joking no but seriously uh we're gonna that's something we've we've been talking a lot about recently so we're yeah. gonna make sure you get you guys get your pictures up there i'm not asking to put my picture up. no no i'm just <laughs> I know, I know can you uh sorry back to the comedy one i want uh was there any stand-up performances that, that really uh that really stuck with you i went to i went to only one i think it's I might, did you ever do a, a cross one with, uh, with Anchor? Or maybe I, I can't. No, right. Do- yeah, yeah. So that was something um, I had organized with. So my uh, a friend of mine, who's a very, uh, I guess, a longtime person in Busan, he's involved in essentially everything, Chris Tharp. Yeah. Right? He um, he does the, um, the Ha Ha Hole and the comedy troupe ah, in Busan. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But he had a friend named Brian who is a who was traveling around Asia, you know, yeah. he's a professional comedian, yeah, yeah. he does it for, you know, for a living. Um, he, um, he was, he wanted to do, stop by Korea and have a tour yeah, here. Yeah. And so he was approached, Chris approached me, he was like, hey, listen, we would love to do it at um, JJ's bar if that was possible. And I was like, well, listen, let me really help promote it and get it to a bigger location that maybe has a little bit better seating. And so, yeah, so we got it over there at, uh, at Royal Anchor and I'm really good friends with Mr. Kim. We got it over there at Anchor and kind of made a big night out of it. And then the after party was kind of back at JJ's. Dude, right? I've never laughed so hard. I think I've, it was good, right? I, yeah. I've seen I've seen stand-up comedy, I think, live twice in my life. Huge fan right. in, in general, watching on the internet. But, man, I was crying. Oh, there were some really good, really good guys. One guy just deadpan, just... Oh, I, I remember some of his jokes. I won't repeat them, but they were absolute, right. absolute gold, man. Those guys are really good, you know? And I think, for as far as an art form, I think stand-up comedy has got to be the hardest thing because there's nothing worse than being on stage <laughs> and you're I tried it one time at one of the kind of open mic that was my next question yeah. Yeah, I tried it one time. <laughs> I'll never do it again man. I'll never do it was again it hard, yeah. it's just because I was always involved in theater yeah. right but that's somebody else's words you know that's somebody else's performance yeah. it's easy to pretend to be well not easy for everybody but it's you know it's easier to pretend to be somebody else yeah. but when you're on stage even though you are kind of are pretending to be someone else when that joke falls flat, it is the <laughs> worst feeling in the world. No, it is it is devastating. 
I'll never do it again. This I, is, I have a whole new appreciation for comedians. Right? Right. You don't like it? Get out of my content bar! You don't think that's funny? Start um, pointing people in the audience. Now, on the other end of that spectrum, though, there are a few people that that came and did it. And I'm not going to name names, but there were a few people that got up and did it. And I'd have to go into the I'd have to I'd literally have to go into the kitchen and oh, no. you know close my close my ears just because it was so oh. awkward. You could just hear the room dying. Oh, you know, and from a business from a business aspect, you're like, God, what do I do? You know, fire alarm, <laughs> you know, and the guy is just bombing. And how long are the how long are the sets? Five yeah, yeah. It, uh, Caitlin did a very good job of kind of um, limiting or kind of reading the room, yeah, like, yeah. right? To so kind of be like, okay, and next up we have. <laughs> she got the cane just <laughs> yanking um, people off. So I guess she kind of gave everybody a few minutes. Cool. You know what I mean? Because. Um, not everybody had a lot of material except for kind of one of the seasoned, seasoned people. But yeah, sometimes there'd just be crickets and crickets just, and it's just, I'm stressing out the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying not to smoke a cigarette. Did you know? anyone uh, did anyone ever drop a joke like totally offside and you were just like, oh, like, <laughs> no, no, no one's ever done that. But really, I have a funny story about, uh, so Kelly, um, he runs. He does the podcast in Busan. He uh, he used to come for the comedy. Is that the, right? is that the shotgun of beer before we? No no no, oh, no, 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 no. It's not different. Different guys. Yeah. He decided to do a comedy act in which he would portray somebody else, and I think he called him like Magic Mike or something. Oh, right, and he pretended to be this. My really, wife's favorite show. Right, but he pretended to be this really chauvinistic, chauvinistic asshole guy with this New York accent. Right, he was just playing a bit. Yeah, he was yeah, pretending yeah. to be somebody else. Have yeah. you ever met Kelly? He was just one of the nicest guys in the world. Oh, right. But he pretended to be this bit. And as soon as he starts, right, we have this group of people that are coming in. And they've obviously never seen him before. I don't know his routine, right? So they just think this guy's like this, right? He's doing such a good job. Swear to God, 30 seconds, those people went right the other way, right out of the door. And that was just like, he was like, I won't do that again. <laughs> oh, dude, that's yeah. funny. Oh, yeah, I really wondered if there was any offside, uh, anyone that just dropped, I, I mean, culturally insensitive to towards Koreans and people flipped out or oh so that is the one kind of requirement that I, I told Kayla when she wanted to start the comedy night was that she needed to make sure that this didn't turn into a Korean bashing kind of uh night. And that was very yeah one because you know I just don't think I mean those jokes are kind of old and tired on mm. um, one and the other is just you know I want Koreans to feel comfortable being there as well. Absolutely. And can you imagine how awkward that would be? If somebody's just going off on Korea and I got a whole Korean table over here to the side <laughs> and they're just going off on parking But and sometimes all but like sometimes that. I I wish the Koreans could look at themselves and laugh a little more. Because oh, yeah. we do we do it all the time. But, but it's just not that culture then. No, it's yeah. oh you're sitting on us again. I'm like no, I'm married, I have two kids, right. I work on Jangwin's farm. I I love Korea. But it doesn't mean I can't say anything wrong about it. I'll say all kinds of things wrong about my country. I wish sometimes the Koreans could laugh a little more at themselves and not take it as you know, so personally. You, you're it, sitting on it, it would yeah. make more sense if a Korean guy goes there and does that. Right, right. Otherwise, you might end up on like news bits. But then it's <laughs> right, not. Right, but then right, it's right. not necessarily authentic. I mean, there's white guys making black jokes, black guys making and white, white jokes, jokes sure. and it's not just you know you yeah. can make this. And it, if you want to be the white guy, drop in. Uh, Comfort women jokes. I, I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> <laughs> comfort women, but I mean, but you, you know what I mean. But how many that might be a testament to, what, to how many Korean co comedians do you actually see? Because the because of there's that, no material. There's no material. <laughs> there's right. unlimited yeah. material. You just can't use, use it. it. Right. It's all defamation suits waiting for you. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Yeah, I, I don't know if there is a Korean comedian industry or comedy industry. All right. I've never seen one. Huh. That, that's actually, that's going to be the new revolution here. Yeah. It'll catch on. But uh, there could be a, a university that's young gun who would go who would go up and, and light it up. I mean, it would be a great... You need that trailblazer who's going to go to jail, who's going to go through the, the 70s the and 80s. And that's not battle. just comedy. I mean, that's music as well, you know, who's going to be able to get out there and... You know, be the next Bob Dylan or somebody who's going to write that kind of music. Who needs you know? Bob Dylan when you got BTS? Right. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody worries about Bob Dylan anymore, man. It's, the whole world is BTS. It's, and I think, generally speaking, and Koreans are great musicians. You know, they're technically sound. You know, they're smart. They're intelligent. Oh. But it's what I just I don't understand. Great. I mean, the have. average the average singer at a Norebang is five hundred times better than a person in my country oh, absolutely that's um, crazy those, those, how many of them can play two three four instruments is mind-boggling they just pick it up and they're just so good and it's just maybe, so natural but maybe that's why they enjoy the un, in general because i mean they're they're so playing beethoven since they've been three <laughs> yeah and they're just like you know i gotta turn this shit off and just <laughs> you know just let me numb my brain with sure. some I, it has those songs have a way of kind of hijacking hijacking your brain. They're catchy, yeah, I'll give it to you. Oh, oh catchy. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why, I mean, they have such a presence in everywhere around the world. Well, oh. it's just like the video games, isn't it? Like, those guys yeah. study how to activate the melatonin to to just keep going off in your brain and keep video you addicted. Um, I think that's part of the synthetic synthesizing yeah. and all that shit is all... I don't think it's by chance. I think they study how to... What what sounds what pitches make your brain go off? And but we were talking about the that AI. It's not Bob Dylan anymore. <laughs> right. We were talking about that AI band, and I was showing my class like, "Hey, watch this girl sing. You know, do you think she's pretty? Whatever." And I, throughout the week, I had heard the the same song four or five times. I was driving home one day. I was like, "Fucking songs in my head." Yeah, I didn't even like it. What, yeah. what am I? Why am I thinking about this? Yeah, yeah was, that's the whole radio at home. I mean, who picks the top ten? Whatever's on the radio growing up. I mean, we listen to the top 10 of 10 every night going to bed in, in middle school or whatever. And I don't know. I, I didn't vote for that. Whoever whatever whoever decided to play that. You never called in? You that, never called in? No. Never. <laughs> that, that was the songs that I was going to like because they keep putting them on every night when I go to bed. So I liked them. Uh, what about your music, uh, biggest musical influences? You're, you're quite into the into the music scene. You're the, the head man for the stops. What, uh, growing up, who, uh, who did you listen to? Yeah, I mean, music has just always been one of those things. Um I still remember the first time. You get you guys remember that first time? You that first song you kind of hear and you're like, "Wow. That's that's like it's like magic." I feel different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you're talking yeah. like when you're young? Yeah, you, know, you, you remember like that first song that you remember listening to and just having a totally different Macarena? reception to it? No, <laughs> song. I I remember to, I yeah, I want to hear yours first and I No, yeah. I so, I just remember being in my mom's car and um I remember the first time listening to Michael Jackson. Yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure it was Man in the Mirror. Yeah. And just, it was just a whole different, because I was understanding what he was saying. Yeah. I was understanding what he meant. The music was incredible. Yeah. And I even remember, and this is a very young age. I mean, it must have yeah. been six, seven, eight years old. I remember getting goosebumps as a kid. Yeah. And since that day forward, you know, music has always just been, yeah. you know, it's like music chose me almost in a way. I know yeah. that sounds cliche and stupid, but like, you know, music has just always been yeah. a very, very big influence on my life. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember hearing Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Such a good song, man. Damn it. Like, at, at a young age, I was yeah. like, whoa. And Rage Against the Machine, oh, Bulls man. on Parade. I, I remember the first time I saw the 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 music video. That's probably, like, what, 93, maybe? I remember wearing Jango jeans with my skateboard. <laughs> oh. Just blaring uh, 
Why, uh, Bulls on Parade, man. Dude, yeah. watching, like, uh, watching the music video and he's dancing. They got a huge crowd. Da, 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 da. And I was like, holy shit. I, like, I can run through a wall oh, after yeah. listening to this, man. That was young. What? I don't even think I hit yeah. puberty yet. I, I was, never, I never, you had to buy, you had to actually go out and buy tapes and, and before CDs, you had to go out and buy tapes. Yeah. yeah. So you had to actually try to What listen. was your first tape? Do you remember? New Kids on the Block. What probably? was the first one you bought? Do you remember the first one you bought? No, I remember more Columbia House, 12 CDs for one cent, and the collection agency coming after me five years later. <laughs> no, no kidding. Because I thought I was gonna... <laughs> You got to have the back of the TV and, guide or yeah. and, and I was like, 12 CDs for one cent? Okay, I can do that. <laughs> and Dad's like, don't ever do these things because there's a there's a catch to them. And yeah, it was like five, six years later, they kept the, the collection agency kept sending messages. And I'd be like, or... And I'd go to the race to the mailbox, and I'm like, hope mom and dad don't see this. <laughs> you owe me seven ninety nine for Ace of Base. <laughs> but, so but no, I think a lot of my early music influences were from dad and just playing records in the basement. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon, Rod right. Stewart. And those are a lot of my real early memories of music was just dad's pounded music in the basement, huge mm-hmm. stereo system. And uh, and then I, I can't think of when it became, I think Columbia House was when... You know, otherwise, yeah, we definitely bought some CDs. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, DJ Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff, or Twelve Rings with Fresh Prince, Twelve Rounds with Fresh Prince. No, nope. oh no. god, Dude. awesome song. At Cypress Hill, Black Sunday. I think that's the name of the album. Yeah, with Insane and the Brain. Yeah, yeah. dude. Again, that, it's grade three. I but you didn't dance around like hits from the bong. I didn't even know what that <laughs> was, man. Right, right. My parents. Right. Had, I don't you know, didn't ever buy cassettes, did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I remember buying right. lots of CDs, but I I know we had a lot of cassettes. Yeah, that's right. La Bamba. I just don't remember buying. Right. I don't remember buying, buying right. all of them. I, I remember buying, buying CDs and going to the record store and buying CDs and stuff. But I, remember I don't remember actually going waiting for it to come on the radio in like from. three, two, Go! one, two. Yeah. And, you, yeah. Yeah. and I got that double dual cassette ghetto blaster so you could do high speed high speed dubbing. dubbing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I remember. You know, wine in that when it shows that thing. Did you you know what this is? Because kids nowadays don't know. Right. Wine in the pencil in the in the cassette. Crisscross. Yeah. I think I had that. Crisscross will make you jump. jump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's yeah. Those were those were the ones. Man. When did you when did you pick up a guitar for the first time? Yeah. So um, geez, I still remember it like it was yesterday. A guy at my high school um. Was named Brian Davis. He was the older brother. A lot of Brian's in your life. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Brian Davis, good guy. But um, we had this kind of. Um, I was always involved in choir. I was yeah. definitely a singer. I've been a singer all my life. Um, we had this kind of talent show, I guess mm. you would kind of say. And he was doing a song with this girl, and it was the first time I'd ever seen a guitar up close. And he was playing um, this country song. But the first time he strummed that chord, I was like, "This is magic." Gee. Yeah, so I was 15 years old, and uh, we had a guitar kind of laying around the house, and um, so I You're got 15? A, 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it tuned. Um, uh, Brian helped me tune it, and then he taught me how to play two chords. Yeah. So I literally just spent the next two, three weeks just learning, going back and forth between G and D, G and D, G and D, and G. And they got to the point. That's where I am currently. And I got to the point where I was doing really well. I was able to kind of switch up the rhythm patterns, and then I added one more chord, and I was like, oh, I can play know probably 10 songs with this yeah. and then it became playing with the record or playing with the cd and then it just got more and more i learned how to read, read tab, tablature which is so crazy now because 
now when I had to learn how to play, it was just reading tabs. And even that would take like, you know, two, three minutes to load on the dial-up computer screen, yeah. right? Or, <laughs> right. But now it is so crazy. You want to learn how to play a song, it'd take you three minutes on YouTube. Yeah. You know, there's somebody that's, there's a song out there. Somebody's teaching it. I guarantee it. Yeah. It's so much easier now to learn and pick up an instrument. I don't mean. I don't mean to say that who's to make that, you feel bad. Who's, that, who's a really famous guy that does every single song? When I'm looking, like, how do I play this song? Mm. Oh, there's one. Are you talking about the guy with the hat and he's gonna get the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know his yeah, name, yeah. but I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Skew music, something. Right, like that. right, right, right. And so, yeah, and so guitar has always just kind of been a thing. So I earlier I mentioned that when I went back into the states from after when I was in Gyeongju, mm. I was actually playing music a few nights out of the week. I had my own kind of PA system that I had brought with me. I was playing at the bar I worked at and yeah. along with uh, a couple of other places. And so I had my little loop station. So I would play a few chords. It would loop and I'd play harmonica over it. Yeah. And I'd, I'd sing over it and um, even dub some of the vocals and things like that. And I, there was a few restaurants I'd go every, you know, I I didn't ask for much. Usually it was just beer. Or like yeah. In one place I got paid 60 bucks a night. It wasn't much, but it was kind of to break up everything, you know. That's but when you enjoy doing it, oh, it's man. not about the money, right? Absolutely, like, no, no, no. Well, even here, you know, it, it's a bonus, but it's not the main, the main no, reason. Absolutely like, not. And that's you know, because that's kind of the thing here is we we have just the band the stops, or even my old band Temper Temper, which was here, we would have to travel to places, but a lot of the time the money came out of pocket. I mean, there were a couple places that were really good about paying, sure. but I mean, most of the time you got to buy a KTX ticket to go to the place you want to go. Yeah. And then you got to pay for a room. But but the industry is not that developed, right? Like, I mean, mm. bars, all these small bars can't be paying for, because it's just not, they just, just can't make money, right? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. We're at home, you know, if, if it's whatever, these live music, every Friday's live music, people are going there to hear live music. Right. Regardless of who it is, they want to hear real sure. music. Or, you know, we used to go, was it Friday nights or something the bar was called? And it used to be uh, cover bands. But you knew you were going to get all your favorite hits from the 80s. Right. Because that whatever band they brought in, that's what they were going to play. Sure. So you knew what you were going for, but right. it was better than, you know, just listening to a DJ. So We've kind of got a good system here in Ulsan, though, because Mr. Kim, who runs Anchor, he's in charge of who gets to play at the outside busking, which is funded by right. the government here. Mm. So it's really cool. So what I'll do is, if we want to do a show here, what I'll do is I'll invite... Um, a band because I'm in communication with a lot of bars around the country. Yeah. Because we, if you know, if I hear a good band, I want to shoot it over to HQ Bar, where, you know, with John and yeah. um, Usan or an old place we have um, Alleyway Tap Alley, Alleyway Tap House in Suwon, yeah. and then we have you know there used to be a place in Guangzhou called Speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. So we're always in communication. If we see a good band, we want to bring them in, and so. Um, if I want to bring in a band, for instance, like I know you're a big fan of, you guys are a big fan of Walking After You, which we had booked before this whole Corona situation kind of hit the second escalation. If we want them booked, what we'll do is we'll bring them here and instead of, we'll give them the, we'll charge $5 at the door and we'll give them all that money. And, but what Mr. Kim will do is he'll set them up with the government busking outside. Uh, and that's the way they actually get paid. So uh, he'll set up the busking for a 30-minute set. They'll do it outside. Yeah. Then they'll play a show that night. They'll get the, the, the How money How much can you that. get from busking? Um, right now, it's actually gone up a little bit because there are people who, you know, musicians out there that really need this money because that's mm. their full-time job. Um, it's about 300 bucks. Yeah. Not 300 bad. bucks. So, I mean, 300 bucks for a half hour, 40 minutes of work, Jeez. you know? And I know you got to split that between your bandmates, yeah. but when you count the door, which could be anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks, that's a decent night. I mean, yeah. That's a decent. God, I just remember those girls carrying all that shit. Everyone's like, wow, yeah. you guys are hardcore. 
but I set up. They're really sweet as well. They're really nice people. They're so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we talked to them before them. they before they went up. And hold on, when we saw them, that was pre-corona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It hasn't been anything. Yeah, since absolutely. You talking about sticky fingers? That seems like I know, man. It all blends together. It's mental. Wow, that's I, someone. But just regarding the money and the government funding and stuff, there there's some wonky opportunities out there, especially for like you guys, mm. because somebody somebody contacted me. What was it like? Last year must have been. It was Corona time, mm. and Andy's band. I, no, yeah, I, I, I called Andy right away. It was a thousand bucks to go and play. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. At, at the Jungle Culture Center, I think. And there wasn't even a guarantee there was going to be people there. Right. Be, like, she told me, you can bring two friends. And it's the maximum is like 100 people can bring two friends each because of Corona or whatever. Budget burner. And he said yeah. he went there and there was whatever. That's what it is. Like yeah. 30 or 40. But but I think there's a lot of this built into the budgets that they don't know how to get rid of or how to spend. Not just because of Corona. Mm. But, and, and he was like... That doesn't sound right. Like, <laughs> obviously, I can. I'll put you in touch with her, man. And you can. You can sort out. Maybe I misunderstood something, but I'm 99 percent sure this. I is said the, mono, this is the deal. not <laughs> And I said, Andy, did you guys? Did you guys? Like, did you actually get paid what they said? Yeah. Like, I'm used to people getting screwed over or, or miscommunication or. Be like, no, man, that was the easiest work we ever did. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, wow. But when you hold on, but when you put in, I can't remember who we talked to before, but they said it's not just. Uh, uh, ten minutes for a thousand. No, I learned like how to play a, the instrument. A lifetime of work going guitar, there, setting yeah. up your shit. And they were a yeah. tight band, to be honest. Yeah. And it's kind of they probably would have preferred to play longer than ten minutes. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a chicken song. Yeah, exactly. they're they're yeah, I, I, I said it's like more of an inconvenience, but a thousand bucks, maybe you can get a new guitar or something. I mean, I, I don't crazy. know. Crazy, yeah. Um, but I think there are, like, I don't know who we talked to before, but when I was young, my parents would always encourage me to apply for like scholarships or bursaries from right. any group like the german group or the ukrainian federation yeah, because sure. because if someone didn't it. apply they might say hey this kid's really eager and got some yeah you can have it you're you're half uh, italian you okay and and i think in the government has a lot because <laughs> world war ii uh, i see the connection no because my <laughs> wife my wife comes up with all these things she's like do you know that uh, multicultural children can get one-on-one -on -one, like tutoring or teaching from their homeroom teacher Three hours a week just because yeah. they're multicultural and there's so many of these things out there that a lot of people don't, don't know, even about. know about yeah them. people yeah. there are people out there that are really just dying to give away their money for yeah. their cause. Yeah. yeah so that's a fact you know yeah, yeah. absolutely um Vi you wrote down here vince uh oh vinsomnia yeah so insomnia so i that's something i'm really proud about from my time here is being able to kind of bring in some um to bring in some bands yeah um and Vinsomnia actually, uh, Gia actually, uh, Gia actually used to play yeah. with uh, Walking After You. Um, I she, think she was their original, I think, vocalist. I could be wrong. I think she was the original vocalist. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I know that she's kind of separated now. And she's definitely made, I think they just go by the name Vincent now. Oh, okay. um, they've kind of made a name for their own. They were just on, I just saw them on SBS Broadcasting as well. They were on, um, you know, some music big production thing and they were just on that as well i saw them play a cover of uh vasey dc was pretty good oh yeah it was all right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all right pretty good um yeah but so you know there's always bands that are kind of touring here for whatever reason they mm. just want to get out and do their thing and so 
I've, I've been thinking. How do you how do you get in touch with those guys? Like they actually that, that's what I meant earlier oh, yeah, yeah. when we were talking with other people. You know, oh, okay. like if, I, if John from HQ hears about somebody, okay. so they'll contact me in Korea, then. right? And sometimes they'll just message me, or people will be like, "Patrick's the guy you, you, you okay. should talk to in Ulsan." And so cool. that's something I really enjoy doing. A because it gives the whatever band I'm playing in um, to have an opportunity to play music, yep. right, and put on a show. And then it also gives me uh, a chance to kind of bring in bands for people that, you know, in the city. Yeah. And, of course, there's kind of the way it works is everybody goes to Royal Anchor. They have the little show there. And then, of course, afterwards, everybody comes to JJ's Bar. So Beautiful. I get a little bit of cash flow off of it yeah. as well. Beautiful. Good setup. Something I'm always looking into is new music. Do you have any recommendations for new music? That <laughs> something that you... I, I do. I'm stuck in the... Smooth like butter. Smooth like butter, buddy. I'm stuck in the I'm stuck in the past, and very rarely does something. Do you think it's a sign of age? They they study that too, and they say a lot. Like during your formative years, that's when the music really sticks, and it's hard for anything new to 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 penetrate the. I don't know. I'm getting older, but now I listen to Baby Shark and and (laughs) smooth as butter. Right. Sometimes you just don't have a choice. Don't have a choice. My wife somehow has encouraged this bts stuff and my daughters are just i mean they can sing the songs and they're they're good at it it's kind of surprising when it's fun or i don't even know how they how do they even know bts they're six and seven years old that's it how gotta, do they know what bts is or how can they like I don't, they don't know you know when it was boys to men or new kids like you knew every guy and you knew all the stuff and but they don't know any of stuff. They just know the songs. Yeah. What, uh, any new music recommendations? Yeah, so I gotta be... I mean, there's every now and again, you'll hear, I'll hear a song, you know, just because people obviously play music at the bar, and every yeah. now and again, I'll hear a song that I really like. But I don't know. Sometimes I feel like an old man screaming at the clouds when it comes to music. <laughs> you know? I, I, just, I just feel like, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't really like the style of music nowadays. I'm a person that prefers, you know, a good guitar song, you yep. know, um, a good vocalist, people that are actually very good at their instruments, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I think somebody's been dubbed over or um, auto-tuned. Um, again, I sound like an old man, but yeah, I really can't give you a band that I'm listening to, which isn't even really new. Uh, but the band that's in my headphones right now is a band, <laughs> believe it or not, it's called Sticky Fingers. <laughs> uh, it's uh, they're an Australian band. It's kind of I think it's a four or five piece band, and yeah. they're um, it's kind of got the reggae vibe to it, like a sublime. Were, were they on YouTube oh, six or eight months ago? I think these guys I, are gonna be awesome, and somebody put them out there. I think I listened. Did you say to sublime? Them. I was listening out this morning. No, no, sublime. That's my summertime music, and it always has been. Summertime. Uh, always, every summer. Yeah. But they definitely have that kind of uh, reggae indie feel to them, yeah. and that's just what's been in my headphones recently. Um, it, that's if, you know, the band's not working on music, because a lot of the times I'm, I've got our music kind of recorded in my head, trying mm. to come up with lyrics or yeah. trying to come up with different ideas for our songs that we're yeah. writing. When, uh, what satisfies you the most about music? Is it writing, performing, hearing the final song, or seeing the reactions of people while you're playing? Yeah, so that's a good question. <laughs> um, I've, always, I've always been a performer, and um, even in university, I was on an uh, acting scholarship at university. Mm. Um, performance-based scholarship, at least for the first couple of years I was. Um, and then there's nothing. I've had my fair ex- share of experiences with um, substances, I guess you could say. But um, nothing compares to that feeling you give, that live adrenaline rush that you have on, on stage. 
the exact opposite of bombing on a comedy set. Oh no, <laughs> See, you can't. Yeah, it's just such. It's so different because, like, I guess in music or in theater, you always have the next line or the next song, right? Yeah. Like, even if you kind of mess one up, you always have the next one. In comedy, if you lose somebody on that first joke, you're not getting them back for yeah, the third, yeah, fourth, yeah. fifth, and sixth joke. You know, it's a lot harder anyway. Absolutely. But no, there's nothing, nothing like being on a stage with some friends, sharing music that you've worked so hard to put yeah. together, and performing that. There's nothing. I mean, I don't mean to sound so romantic about it, but there's nothing like it. Um, I, I've never played right. music live, nor do I ever plan to. Right. Or sing in front of anyone. Um, but do you get the same feeling from playing a cover band or from playing a, a cover of a song, or or an original song? Is it the same? Uh, you know, you know what I mean. That, uh, maybe that's a tough. No, uh, no, no. So pleasure. like, yeah, there are yeah. people out there, especially um, I would even say within this community, and yeah. uh, that are very anti-cover band. And I I get that. <laughs> there is something to be said about um, I guess that perspective. But I mean. I idolize these bands, you know. I, yeah. I, we have the opportunity to play songs that impacted us and to try to do them I justice. I, I don't get that. I, I can appreciate all of it, but I, I yeah. think it's cool that you and and I really like the ones that put their own spin on it. Yeah, and, it, and that's what we try like, to do. Absolutely. Like when you and, and I think I, I kind of started to appreciate that more when I watched maybe American Idol or one of those things when mm -hmm. they pop up, and you, rarely is there guys on there singing originals. Most of them are doing a cover. Yeah. But when you hear them do a cover and they do it their own way, and you're like, man, that sounds cooler than the original. Yeah. And I think I like that more. And it's not even, it, it's almost like a, they made it a different genre. or, or a, Anyways, it's it's not just a little tweaking. It's Or they speed it, it up a, or slow it sure. down, change the key. You and, know? and I like think so that's, that's what's cool. If you can have, you know, uh, Christina Aguilera or something, and then... And then there's a big African American guy singing the same song, and it's it's just totally different. Totally different. Gee, and it sounds awesome. Bigger bottle. Yeah. And, and that's kind of a way for us to show that like this is the music that we're into. This is a song that really touches us. And so people, when we're done performing, they'll come along just like you know we play going back to Sublime. We play Bad Fish, right? And we play it a little bit different than the original. We speed it up a little bit. It's got a little bit more funk and a little bit more reggae to it. You know, and that is so much. Fun. That's a band a song that we enjoy. Mm. And so when we get off stage, you know, Luca, Tony, and Toby, shout out. Sorry, guys. They'll kill me if I don't mention them. Very talented musicians I get to play with. Um, they, We get to hear people say, oh, man, you like that song as well. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so it's kind of Catch-22. Uh, mm. Right now, um, in this band, The Stops, we have two originals, yep. um, which we're going to talk about with a producer, um, hopefully this weekend, about getting them recorded and getting them down. It is cool to do originals, um, but if... Like you said, if if an original doesn't go over well, mm. and it, it it can feel like you're bombing up there, it can be very you know you feel yeah. very vulnerable if a if somebody doesn't like an original. But isn't that kind of like who cares? This is what we made no, and we is. like it, yeah, and, it and this is ours. Yeah. So yeah. and 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 anybody, not anybody, but mus any musician can play the covers, right? Yeah. But doing your own is a is a completely separate. Thing. So if you don't try, you never know. And if, if you think it's good, then it's good. Right. No, no, no. no that goes back. But um, the thing is, is, though, when people go out on a Friday night or a Friday yeah. and a Saturday night, they, they don't care what you think is well, good. Well, <laughs> yeah, they, they want to hear the songs that, that they're familiar with. And right. um, our kind of goal is a band. Sweet right? Caroline! Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think kind of one of our goals as a band is not to find the most popular songs. Right. But we want to we want to find those songs. They're like, oh, yeah, that song. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I remember that song. Caroline. 
And so that's kind of what we try to accomplish. And don't get me wrong, I'm very proud of the the original stuff that this band is working on. I'm very proud of it. Um, we spent a lot of time, and you know, we've had lots of, I guess you could say, quarrels over how things should go and lyrics and things More like cowbell. that. <laughs> More, More cowbell. cowbell. Right, 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 right. Sure. Somebody's leaving right away. No. Well, no, yeah. So Luca, that's kind of why we want to get things down. Luca, who is just an absolutely he's a shredder. He's incredible. Yeah. He's an absolutely incredible musician. He is leaving maybe in February. So we kind of want to, um, we just want to give stuff down because he's very proud of the music we've come up with as well. And he used to play for professional blues bands back in South Africa. Oh. And he says that the music he's been involved with, with us is, um, is definitely his favorite, which means a lot to us because that means, obviously, you know, we're doing something right. Yeah. Right? Do you have any uh, any ambitions musically? Any goals or anything you want to accomplish? Or is it just kind of keep uh i think as long as music going. and live music is always a part of my life i'll be happy yeah. like i don't it doesn't need to be a main focus in my life but as long as i can always have an opportunity to get up on a stage and sing and yeah. play music i'll always i'll always be happy you know you got your own stage dude right on that's it, that's it. <laughs> absolutely um and that's I, not going to right lots of the world is changing and evolving but but live music is not and That'll, that'll be around forever. That'll be the first thing I do. It's <coughs> embarrassing. It's embarrassing how much right now I would pay to see live music. I have a friend back home, Scott. Um, he's in Kansas City. He just spent $300 on a uh, Foo Fighters tickets. Because I think they've started to increase the prices now because last year they took a year off. <laughs> he was just like, I was like, so how do you feel about that? And he's like, you know, I haven't even seen him play yet, but it's the greatest $300 I ever spent. Yeah. I just, live music, man. I can't wait to see another Concert. Do you have any any standout concerts you've seen in the past? Oh man, I actually saw my favorite band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, here Ooh. in Korea. In Korea? Yeah, they were. Oh. The, and that's when was that? Yeah, this is something that Korea stopped doing because again, there's been a shift in popular music to yeah. kind of more house style and DJ style mm -hmm. music, right? Um, they used to have the Jisan Valley Rock Festival, yeah. right? Which Chili was Chili Peppers the headliner. Oh, yeah, and they're like my all time favorite. Didn't band. the Foo Fighters uh, play there? Uh, I think the year prior. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I didn't know. I didn't know the Chili. What was that? I think it was 2015 or 2016. Oh, I think shit. it was. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it was such a good day, and I can't believe they got rid of it. But so basically, Jisan Valley obviously is a ski resort that is obviously off season in the middle of August. Yeah. But um, the way they have it set it up is so non-Korean as well. And what I mean by that is it's very, very well organized. Um, a lot of weed. No, no. no. <laughs> so basically, the way they have it set it up is two main stages. When one band finishes on this main stage, everybody just migrates over to the other uh -huh. stage. And then when that band goes, everybody goes back to the other main stage. Mm -hmm. And the way they have it set it up is beautiful. They have tents. They have all these other things that you can do while you're there. They have great food. Mm. And it was my favorite <laughs> thing to do. It was my favorite thing to do for three summers running. Yeah. Right. And it I always took off work, you know. I have was, you have you been to Pentaport? No, I've always wanted to go, but um a lot of the music that goes to Pentaport is um it's pretty heavy stuff. And I know Brian, you kinda like that kind of hard, kind of go for it stuff. Um, but I don't know, just the bands that always attracted me kinda went to Jisan Valley. Mm -hmm. So one year I got to see um I mean the blossoms were there. Uh, Tegan and Sarah were there. Uh, who else was there? Oh, I'm forgetting this well, one really good band. And then the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, what a gig! Do you do you ever think that but that that Korea is missing the boat? Like, there's so much music in the area, especially in Japan, and that the rock festival in Japan between uh, Tokyo and Osaka. Right. What is that is called? Two days in Tokyo, and then they go to Osaka. Two days in Osaka, and they go to Tokyo. Back, right. Yeah. And they bring in like the oh, best everybody. bands from all over. 
They're right there. But all you gotta do is make them fly. No, 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 they do. They do do that. So they don't get all the bands. So for right. instance, so, so this is where it's this is where a little bit of this stuff started. But I mean, if you look at the lineup in Japan, you go, "What the hell is Korea doing? Get these guys over right, here! Right. No, these, yeah, so get lots of them over here." They actually, Pentaport doesn't do this, but the G right. Sound Valley Rock Festival. What is Pentaport? Pentaport that is a Rock Festival in, up in, in Songdo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but a G Sound did do this. So G Sound and the Fuji Rock Festival are always on the same weekend. Fuji Rock Festival. Yeah, that's right. So like, um, on the Day that I went, so we saw we saw Red Hot Chili Peppers on the Friday, but then they played in Osaka on the Saturday at the Fuji Rock Festival, and then Tokyo on Sunday on the right. Fuji Rock Festival. So we do share bands. The problem is, is that I just think that there isn't enough money. Or I was gonna say in Japan they they got they of hundreds of thousands dollars, of people, and right. here they have a few thousand. So they have to be kind of selective <clears throat> as far as who they want to come from the Fuji Rock Festival and who's gonna. Who's gonna get the biggest crowd in, you know? I saw the Chili Peppers on their Californication tour. Yeah, I hate you. And Stone Temple Pilots opened for Oh, them. man. And, dude, I think they outperformed. Chili. It, like, it was, mm. a, it was a tough act to follow. It was a tough act what, to Stone follow. Temple, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Stone Temple Pilots opened for, for the Chili Peppers. Right. And Chili Peppers came out. They still, they crushed it. But it was yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. Blew well, that's what COVID has robbed me from is because John Frusciante has just rejoined the band, which was like their longtime guitarist yeah, on Californication. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, yeah. he's just rejoined the band. And they kind of got back together in February. I was like, oh my God, we'll see him this year. Yeah. And then next thing you know, February, COVID hit. And they. You didn't come to Metallica and Tool, did you? No. Oh, I've seen Tool, but I haven't. <laughs> but and I remember being at Olympic Stadium. And I, I don't know, maybe I was dumb or naive, but I thought, wow, there's going to be. 50, 60, 80,000 people. And we went and there was probably 8,000. You're kidding me, for Metallica. But it was only like, it was. this was a couple of years ago, right? Oh. Long time. 10 years Metallica ago. Metallica was here not that long 10 ago. 10 years ago, yeah. yeah. No, probably 10 or 12 years yeah. ago. But there was nobody in the bleachers. Like the bleachers weren't open. Right. It was just like on the floor. Right. But, but, and that was only like a third full. Like it was, it was incredible. Oh and I was like, but why? So that, yeah, why are they coming here? There's no money. They can't do it. But, well, I have to say the Jisan Valley Rock Festival. That's the biggest amount of people I've ever seen together. Like it was, it was packed, you know, and um, which is great to see. And they were high energy. When did it fold? Why did it fold? I just think I don't really know why. Um, we just blame it on Corona. No, no, no because <laughs> this was like the summer before, and it was yeah. really disappointing. A guy tried to, one, a guy tried to get it together, and he was going to do it on a smaller scale and just kind of get a um, Korean musicians and Korean bands, but that kind of because what's as well. what's the other one up in Seoul now? They do it Everland or whatever. One yeah, that's EDM. One, that's that's what it's changed into. I think G Song Valley oh, Rock God. Festival has changed. Like into you just it. put on your tightest, shortest pink fluorescent pink well, shorts and a few glow sticks and just. But that one's pretty famous, right? Like that's a. No, I think that's what G Song Valley Rock Festival has turned into. But I mean, that EDM festival, whatever it's called, is all over the world, and it's it's sponsored by Cast now. It's massive. It's crazy. Yeah, there is more money in it. Yeah, it's just. Just that this is a shift in music. So on one hand, I think I'm an old man screaming at clouds, but on the other hand, I think there has been a massive shift in what's popular, and what's popular now is just not something I I particularly vibe with, you know. So butter, butter, butter. Right. <laughs> is that what it is? There's so many Korean indie bands too, though. Like, There's some really there good. There's a big yeah. There, I mean, band. there are bands around and they are really good, but the scene is just not as I guess big as you would think it would be, yeah. you know. Okay, a couple quick questions here from mm-hmm. some of the guys that wrote in before we go into the the Chiefs and, and whatever other sports stuff we got. 
Uh, Jamie Strandrick, what is the most shocking thing you have seen since you came to Korea? Oh, jeez. You guys have one? Uh, every, 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 every day. Most shocking thing I've seen? I, I'm not so shocking for me, but maybe because my friends were visiting. It was more like just to see the reactions, like, oh, I guess that is kind of shocking. Because, you, like you said, you, you, just, to, you get, you get yeah, numb to shit. Sure. We, were, we were walking in Busan. I took him down to the beach and we spent all night gambling at the casino. And just on our way home, there's just a lady taking a shit on the sidewalk. <laughs> we're just, oh, shit. They, we're just oh. like, oh, no. like, I, it did, like, it was, it, it registered as like a shocking, like a, on my one on zero to ten, it was like a three. I was like, "Oh, the lady's taking a shit." That's funny. We both like, oh went to the bathroom yeah. on that. Uh, there's public public urination, and uh, the bathroom is exactly what I thought as well. Yeah. I uh, Tony Tony sent me a picture. He went to go see a band at Royal Anchor last Sunday. Uh, it was last? Actually, it was just last Thursday. It was during mm-hmm. week. And you know those flower pots that Korea yeah. uses to kind of beautify the streets yeah. a little bit, right? Swear to God, so the cars are coming straight down here. <laughs> a guy has his ass turned towards the traffic, not away from a traffic, yeah. towards the building. He's got his ass turned towards... You don't want to see in your face. Towards, <laughs> towards the cars. Taking a shit in a flower pot. One of those <laughs> mass... I have a picture of it. A oh, giant oh, oh, oh. One of those big ones yeah, on the yeah. street. The guy is just taking... And this is like the, the main street in... Yeah. Pouring up some soft serve. <laughs> it's crazy. And you can see in the picture yeah. there's this giant puddle. Stop, stop, stop. Of, the other time. Yeah. I guess one of the craziest things I ever saw Must was... Must have had deep gogi for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. He obviously wasn't in a sober state of mind. Bulljack. Bulljack. He didn't fucking light the flowers on fire. <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> Watch me go. <laughs> yeah, so we were... June and I were driving um, and... We are kind of in a, I guess, a rural area. I don't remember where we were going. But we're at a stoplight. And the car that's kind of in right in front of the stoplight in front of us, the first car from the stoplight, um, the guy gets out, takes a piss. The light turns green. And obviously he's been drinking. Still shaking. Right? And this guy is just pissing. Like, it is just gone. <laughs> it's getting to the point now I'm just not even angry anymore. I'm really just, like, I'm impressed. <laughs> and, like, yeah. And then he just finally, there's hon, 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 hon. people are honking their horns. And finally he just gets back in his car and drives away. But I want to say it was a good one, two minute, two minute piss there. I, 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 don't, I don't think of anything specifically yeah. and I don't, or that stands out. I think lots of general things, like the education system or, or seeing kids coming out of Hogwans at one or two in the morning. Um, I think the amount of soju that's consumed like on a regular weeknight wow. to still walk down the street and see guys five, 10, 15 bottles deep. And it's not a special occasion. It's a, it's an average night. It's just a regular and night. And then they got to get up and go to work at 6 a.m. or yeah. 5 a.m. or whatever it is. It's crazy. Uh, um, it, these, these kind of things stand out for me as not shocking still, but just hard to, hard to comprehend. Yeah. Even after so many years. Wrap your head around. Uh, the the parking on the parking lot or on the sidewalks and shit like that hasn't changed in 20 freaking years people just park on the sidewalks yeah. everywhere and that's accepted and i think those kind of things like it's it's 2021 korea is a leader in many different fields in the world but some of this shit just doesn't change it's like but like man red you- lights and parking on the sidewalks yeah. like guys that's are you one of the admins for the failed parking? No, group? no, no. I see it though. You gotta follow it just to see how bad it gets. You know, <laughs> you gotta follow because it's bad. Um, I guess one thing I guess I would say about this culture that really confuses me 
is shopping. Um, so I at least know in America, or at least where I've lived in America, when you shop, you go up the right aisle, you know, you kind of, you have lanes like it would be in your driving. It just amazes me how kind of oblivious people are when they shop here. It's like the cart is just going everywhere. They have no, no, they're not conscious of what's happening on around them. And it's, it's a free for all. It gets uh, Costco on a Saturday. You can't, you can't do can it. I just, I, I so, <laughs> she was like, I'm going to Costco. And I was like, oh, good luck. Okay. Desi is related, I can assume. Yeah, that's my cousin's daughter. And uh, if it's all right, I'd like to give her a shout out. She has just received a full ride bowling scholarship for a university wow. in Miami. Yeah. America is deadly. I remember being in high school and thinking, say bowling? Bowling yeah. scholarship. You yeah. can get, Holy but, shit. Yeah. but it's not like you can get the music, the art scholarships, but you can get cheerleading and, crazy, man. and stuff that, like, we only thought it was like hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball. Nope. But once you start getting into it and learning, you can get a scholarship for anything in America. I have a friend who got a full ride scheduleship to be a male cheerleader for the University of Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> full ride scholarship. Yeah. Cheerleader. It's wild, it's man. It's crazy, yeah. So she says, how how is your lifestyle adjusted to life in Korea compared to life in America? It's just uh, it's just different, isn't it? I think, and there's a couple of other ones I think that came in around, along the same lines. What, Where do you think you'd be if you weren't here? Or, or what do you think you'd be doing? If, I always wonder, if people weren't here, what the hell would they be doing? Oh, where, would, what I path s- would they have gone? I'm scared to think of it. Really. The thing, yeah, and the, the, <laughs> that it worries me, and I usually do skew to the like. It, it probably could have gone off the rails a lot easier yeah. than it than it could have here. Right? I think I'm a lot more understanding, a lot more oh, empathetic, man. a lot more open minded. Let's all pat ourselves on the back. You have to be, or you don't. Make, you can't stay. Right. You have to be. If you hate Korea that much, you're gone. Right. If if you're not, if you're only willing to meet guys who are. You know, thirty-eight to forty-two play hockey, and from Northern Ontario, you're not going to last long here. Sure. You gotta, and that's one of the reasons why we do this. We said to reach out to, to build the network, just to to meet people. I have no doubt in my mind that Korea saved my life. There's not there's not a fraction of a doubt in my mind that Korea saved my life. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I have so many wonderful friends back in Kansas City. Um, I have a very wonderful supporting family. Um, uh, at least my aunt and my uncle, my cousin, uh, you know, Desi and uh, Brianna and my grandmother, uh, who will be turned 88 in August. I have a wonder, but I was just going down a path that wasn't healthy and it was going nowhere, to be quite honest with you. And like you said, when I came here, you're forced to grow up. You know, I have to learn how to do things, learn how to cook and laundry. And those things sound like small. And but even but even learn to communicate, communicate, basic communication mm-hmm. that people just take for granted. I mean, laundry. <laughs> But I just, these are examples. No, right? I, yeah, I know. Right. But but we do. You have, yeah. you, if you're going to cook and you want cheese, we had to take a bus to freaking Daegu to get a thing right. of cheese. I mean, if you, you had to, now how do you take the bus? How do you, I mean, yeah, it's it's not, it's not, grow it's grown up. Yeah. The, uh, pay taxes, man. Yeah. <laughs> pay taxes, go to the bank, pay bills. Like, those are all things that I should have been doing a better job with back in Kansas City, but I just wasn't, it was just, it was just going in a wrong direction but for that's, me. Uh, yeah, and, that, and that speaks to the, the comfort of home and mm. you know and your i think just that that feeling of, of comfort and and you're surrounded by people you know here not, but you get here so and you get it's a blank screen right it is you, a blank yeah. canvas you can do whatever you want mm. you can you can remake yourself i think lots of people do you can you can recreate you can make up your history whatever it doesn't matter you can do whatever you want here and if you were an asshole or a tough guy at home you can be a softy here right. if you were a a music guy at home, you can be a sports guy here, whatever you want. It, and that's, I think, a good part of traveling and moving around is that 
you're forced to adjust and adapt, and you can also choose to kind of recreate or change yourself how you want. Well, I think I've always... I think the reason I initially enjoyed Korea so much is because I was able to do the things that I really uh, was passionate about here when I necessarily, because of, you know, financial requirements and just the stress of everyday living in America, I wasn't necessarily able to do. Like, now I get to... I get to do theater. I get to direct theaters. I get to put together plays, and that's something I'm very passionate about. But yeah. there isn't necessarily an outlet like that for an America in America. Yeah. And I get to play my music. I get to. I get to. I get to run a business. You know, and those are things that Korea was able to give me. And you know? and and is it that you know you're in Korea, you're not your ears aren't always on. You're not always processing all kinds of stuff you hear all the time, and you have that free time to think and create and do those things because at home I find we're so preoccupied. There's so much, you always have something going on that you never take time to do those things that you're talking about. But here, but here you're like, it's Tuesday. What the hell am I going to do? Like, I don't, I only have three friends or five or 50 friends, but on Tuesday, well, I can do my music. I can do my theater. I, and at home it's kind of like, I don't know if it's too structured maybe, or there's too much going on. I think the financial burden is something you have to worry about as well. I mean, initially I think teachers, when they come here, they make a decent salary and obviously the rent is kind of, you know, paid for. And so they have, they don't have all these things, all this baggage in the back of their head being like, listen, I got to take care of this now. I got to take care of this now. I got to go get my brakes checked. I got to go do all this adult stuff. And you just really have an opportunity to a little bit of breathing room, take care of yourself, you know, mentally, physically. And I think those first six months before you, to, like find out where you fit in or whatever mm-hmm. you have a lot of personal reflection time absolutely and, and absolutely, to, yeah, you know sure. okay i really like music i'm gonna get into music and i'm gonna pursue it and then it, at six months oh i'm a crazy partier but my music's already too important i'm gonna keep doing it um i think that initial time when you arrive here really allows you to kind of explore yourself and figure out what you really want well that's like a question i have for you both do you think when people come here and they go through this whole process um and obviously, typically, people only stay for one or two years. Do you think people kind of go back immediately into their old lifestyle when they go back to their country? Or do you think it does have a permanent kind of effect on them in the long haul? It, it's definitely going to change you from the people who, who message us on the, like, listeners from who have moved back home. It seems that, you know, a lot of the memories are kept. I don't know exactly if their lifestyles change. But definitely your, your outlook, I would say, your... Yeah, your outlook on perception of kind of the world, right? Yeah, your worldview is, and I it mean, might it might wear off. Yeah, as you stay home, you kind of get forced back into the groove, and it yeah. might wear off. But you can never take that away from sure. somebody. Okay. It it must leave a permanent imprint sure. on you in one form or another. But I think it's too easy to get squeezed back into the groove at it. home. It happens really fast. It happens without being aware of it, and before you know it, you're you're doing. You know, nine to five. And I think that's why I never foresee myself going back into going back to America, to be honest. Um, one, because I'm terrified. Um, just kind of what I would do. Like, that, that was a whole question, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, what would I do? You know, I guess I could go into the service ind- industry, bartend. You know, I have probably some other connections with friends that could probably get me into a job that would pay the bills. But why? Why, that, why would I do it? My you know? biggest, it's my biggest thing. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, one of the biggest things here. Korea affords me personally the opportunity to, like you said, pursue what you want. Yeah. Pursue what you want. I want to, well, do this or do that. You got the American dream in yeah, Korea, Korea, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's a Korean. I think and I think also, we uh, confirm ourselves like, okay, I'm this guy. This is what I'm supposed to do. But here, you see that everything is possible. Right. 
Yeah. Anything you can do, anything you want. Yeah. Be anything you want. And that yeah. coming, I think I've mentioned it before, but coming from Niagara Falls, everything seems pretty stagnant, or everything's been done. Like it's hard to not move up the social ladder, but it, it's hard to establish anything. Everything's set, you know. Like and you're just part of uh, part of the machine, I guess. But, right. Absolutely. But here, you can kind of. I still feel like you can blaze your own path. Yeah, cut you out, can, you cut can out pick and choose. Piece, yeah, cut out a little piece of your world, you know, without yeah, and sure. without all of the. All of the judgment and and the crazy judgment. part is that it's still possible, even though salaries haven't gone up in twenty years and the cost no, of really living is. is probably double. Yeah, and it's still more attractive for a lot of people than going home for the regular for the rat race. Yeah, run the machine. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I get it. Um, you know, I get why people come here. I get why people stay. You know, and um, I always recommend to my friends, and that's kind of how I came. You know, I had a couple friends that were here, and they were just like, listen. I was going to say, well, how did you end up here? Yeah, so that was it. I was bartending at Olive Garden, of all places. Olive Garden? And anybody who's ever listening, don't ever do that. Lots of coops. Don't ever do that. The soup, salad, and breadsticks. What is like four bucks? And you just have to keep bringing it. Anyway, I'll get, I don't know where we get that. Dude, that's the best lunch out there. No, it's not because as a server, uh, as a server, right? Not I'm for you, for me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what a horrible job that was. Um, yeah, so I had a couple friends uh, that were living in Seoul few friends actually and they were good friends at university and they all came out here and um they were like yeah that's a decent setup you know you should come out but i didn't i had never really been outside of america so i didn't want to go to seoul or someplace where i could have every convenience really you know if i wanted fast food or you know something to eat it would just, i wanted to make it a little bit challenging and that's why i ultimately decided to go to Gyeongju just to yeah. kind of experience korea so yeah, yeah that's kind of why i came out um Somebody, and I, I, my problem is I don't know how to check this. What did you think of the Chiefs when they first drafted I Mahomes? Knew it. I knew it. Do you know who would send that question oh, to us? I knew it. Yeah, I think it's Casey, right? Casey? Is that his name? I, but I, I, I don't know where how to check. I don't know where, how to check where it's from. I'll figure it out before we finish. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Casey. Anyways. So this is a terribly, terribly, <laughs> terribly embarrassing story. This says... I want to put him on the spot to see if he's honest about it. No, <laughs> no I'll be honest about it. Because I have, I have a feeling a few friends back home will listen. And, sorry, I don't, don't want to deal with that. Well, okay. Was he a baseball player first? No, uh, he was a base. He, he So his father's a professional baseball player for the Texas Rangers. He got drafted. But he did get drafted. In the MLB. I saw something. Yeah, he got drafted in the MLB, but I, he decided to pursue football. Uh, okay, okay. Anyway, yeah, so listen. I have been a lifelong Chiefs fan, okay? So my, my grandfather bought season Chiefs tickets when they moved to Kansas City from Texas in 1963, okay? And so my family, essentially, there have been season tickets within my family from 1963 until, I want to say, 2007, I think it was. That, that's how long we had for uh, season Chiefs tickets. So I was born in, I didn't have a really have a choice growing up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, I'm sure you guys know what that's like. I didn't have a choice, yeah, right? right? Like, I was a Chiefs fan. I was born a Chiefs fan. Casey Jones. It was Casey. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say anonymous, but you already know who it is. Yeah, that's good. Um, he knows you well. <laughs> so I I have been through ups and downs of being a Chiefs fan. I have I have been Joe Montana, yeah. was, which was their last playoff win, all the way until thirty years later until they got their other playoff win, which was under a quarterback. And I'm sorry if I'm boring you non NFL fans out there, but I'm very passionate about this. They had Alex Smith at quarterback, and I felt that they were right on the edge of um, comp- really competing for a Super Bowl. 
I knew Alex Smith, their quarterback at the time, wasn't probably he wasn't a game wrecker, but he was really good at what he did, and I think he had the talent around him to kind of get to where they wanted to go. Now there were rumors when the draft came around that they were going to take another quarterback in the first round, yeah. which I was actually okay with. Right, I just didn't want them to draft Patrick Mahomes <laughs> because I didn't like the style of offense that he had in Texas Tech, which was, I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy. I think one game he had, I think it was something like five, six hundred yards passing. Right, it's easy to be an efficient quarterback when you're throwing the ball a hundred times a game, right? And I, I just wasn't a big fan, and I wanted them to take Deshaun Watson, which was, you know coming off a national championship with Clemson, and he was just a proven winner. I think the guy only lost maybe one game. Where's that guy now? I, I, I'm not a big NFL guy. No, 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 no. So, Where's yeah, that guy now? So, no, that actually does not help me in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I yeah, so they drafted Patrick Mahomes, and I swore that day because I'm a big fan of the NFL draft. I love, you know, prospects are very cool because, you know, the rules in front of them. They can go out and they can – you know, they have the whole life ahead of them. They could become Hall of Famers or be duds, you know. And I swore on that day, I swore away from my fandom. I was like, this will be the last year that I'll be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I'm sick of it. Um, Alex Smith was just coming off our first playoff win, and I think it was 30-plus years. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm sticking next to my boy Alex. I knew they were going to give him one season, one more season to let Patrick Mahomes kind of study behind him. This is my last year. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year, and you all are going to feel really stupid for drafting Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Long story short, um, it turns out that the Chiefs did not win the Super Bowl that year. They kind of pittered out in the same place they always did. And the very next year, Patrick Mahomes took over. He broke, uh, he threw, ended up throwing 50 touchdown passes, which I think is a rookie record. I think he it was the he was not only the rookie of the or he was not the, he was he was not only he in his first season as a starter in the Kansas City Chiefs he was the most valuable player yeah wow and he just took over he w- took the Chiefs to their first home playoff game or home championship game which is the semifinal in NFL football yeah. right and I can't even remember I think it's been fifty years right fifty years didn't make the Super Bowl but the very next year he took the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Against and what the, happened the next year? Against Brady. They so, <laughs> so next year, the year after that, he took him to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. I mean, I'll take. A and he got Brady. Yeah, I'll take a championship game and two Super Bowls. You know, first three years as a starter, I'll definitely <laughs> take that. Yeah, absolutely. What um, happened to the other guy that you wanted him to draft? Oh yeah, so Deshaun you kinda, Watson. You kind of dodged that a little bit, but Casey, right, you know, Casey, send me messages here. Keep going, keep going. In, in my in my defense, in my defense, uh, Deshaun Watson is a very good player, and I think he ended up winning. He would have. He was on track to win Rookie of the Year because he started as in a rookie. CFL. No, no, no. In a, in a, no, no, no. He was good. He was I good haven't player. heard of him, so I'm, I, I know. But the problem is, it's just recently this past off season, um, he's cut and run into some off the field trouble. National Felons League problems. Um, he no. He has been hiring supposedly, allegedly. He's been hiring um, these um, JJ Statsman. Right. <laughs> um, these massage therapists. Mm-hmm. And he's like ordered, I think, something like 60 of them, right? And I don't know why he doesn't stick with the same one. But basically, he's been asking for upper Small thigh, hands. inner leg massages there. And I think it's been getting a little bit... Some of the girls have complained. There's been lawsuits filed. This is, is this in Florida? This is in Texas. This is a class like a... There was a big case like this in Florida where the massage... No, I think one of the girls was fumped. I think that might have been Giuliani, maybe. 
Maybe. Some somebody else was a, a high profile case with massage. I think that was a few years ago with the New England Patriots. Yeah, I think it was actually Robert. Well, Robin Tugs not Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, so Robin Tugs illegal? Well, I think he put these girls I don't well, obviously it's not legal, but obviously Depends where the people, upper thigh finishes. Yeah, people do it. I think the women were a little bit they felt a little it's bit It's the same girth as a thigh. <laughs> intimidated into doing it. So I think that's been causing and I think there's like something like 50, 50 plaintiffs or 20, 20, 30 to 50 plaintiffs. That had a problem. Jeez, he's a great player, but I think... Um, yeah, That's he he's got, it's because he's got a loose groin. He's got a loose groin. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he runs fast, yeah. yeah. So, so how do you... I, think they should, I made a mistake is what I'm saying, right, Patrick? ...to more Kansas City Chiefs games than... Well, anybody I know. I mean, because you got to think from the age of 9 to 21, 22 years old... Yeah. I'd probably miss three home Chiefs games. Wow. Like, and I know that's crazy to think about, but I mean, I I am an avid fan, and just because I have been through the two and, you know, two and fourteen seasons. But the, so. the irony, the irony is, I bet they wouldn't even won if you if you had said, "Oh, I love that's Patrick it. Mahomes." That's what they I think. About. Never, <laughs> never, I wonder. I, yeah, wonder, yeah, I yeah. wonder if I got on the Patrick Mahomes train early, like Patrick. And that's Mahomes. what's wrong with the goddamn Maple Leafs. So you know what? Says it's, oh, it's this year. It's this year. It's never gonna happen. I think Kansas City up needs on. to thank me, to be honest with you, because if I had said Patrick Mahomes is the next big thing, Patrick Mahomes probably career is probably in the in the shitter. But like I saved Kansas City football. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know about NFL tickets, but familiar with with basketball, hockey. Um, Baseball, I think it's a mm. huge stadiums with 900 games. But do you feel or do you understand maybe how lucky you are or fortunate you were to no. have those tickets? No. Like in Canada with only seven hockey teams, and, and I mean, CFL, you can go, but it doesn't matter. Even even a lesser sport is not cheap and not not affordable to go every time. Do, can, you, can you think of how lucky, like... <laughs> I can't imagine now I'd be like, there's many things I thank my parents for now that I realize a lot yep. older. Wow. I was really lucky, but I mean, man, if I had season tickets to anything when I was that young, holy shit, I'd be indebted forever now. Like, we'll see. That's what it is. Like it was, it's are such, you sending money home to your, <laughs> <laughs> it was such Only after they won. an important, like it was such a, um, it's just a thing that was when I was younger. Right. I didn't know. I didn't think about things like that. I just knew that Sunday was going to the game day. Like I never thought about stuff like that when I'm nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. But then it got to the point where I was actually looking at my ticket stuff that I was saving every game. And I look in the ticket. And at that time, my father, I mean, he was paying $86 a ticket. Jeez. And that's not including parking at Arrowhead Stadium. Because yeah. Arrowhead, the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium, is renowned for their tailgating. Mm. Am I from, like, it's the Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah, yeah. Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. They are known to have the best two tailgating um, experiences. So, obviously, people go to the Chiefs games just to sit in the parking lot and yeah. have the pregame atmosphere. That's how big tailgating is. Um, they put the TVs in out those, there the barbecue. In those years, even how bad they, they were, did. was it sold out? Yeah. It always so, sold I mean, out. like, if, the, if it was sparsely... Populated stands, no. it's one thing. But if it's sold out, like... Every game. I can't imagine a kid who goes to all the Leafs games, if, if they can't understand or appreciate how freaking lucky they were when the whole province wants to go to a game and can't, and meanwhile, a kid gets to go to every single game and they just can't comprehend how fortunate they are. No, and I didn't, and unfortunately. And the thing about it is, is that I was going back to the parking. So if you take in a parking account, which could be... 50, 60, 70 dollars just for the parking. Yeah. Like, my dad had four tickets. Of course, one was with uh, my dad's best friend, who I consider an uncle, my uncle Steve. And so it was my uncle Steve, my dad Steve, me, and my brother Chris, usually, who went to the game. No Brian? Yeah. 
No, no, Brian. Brian. No, Brian this time. Right? No, Brian this time. Steve's. No, it's Steve. Now it's Steve's, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. but I mean, my dad paid for three of them. So mm. I mean, but a, but still, the tailgating, the leaving, yeah. the leaving early to get there, buying a beer in the state. Like, yeah. it's not just. And I think that's what we Korea seems more realistic or more practical in so many ways. And one of them is going to the stadium to sit in a World Cup stadium and watching a soccer game for $7 or $9 and the beers are $2. I feel really lucky because I could go watch a Winnipeg Blue Bombers game, but it's going to cost $30, $40, $50, You got to go hours early to park within 10 miles of the stadium. You want to have a beer or two. You can't bring anything in anymore. They they strip search you on the way in. I brought my wife five, six years ago and we had half of a Subway sandwich left over because she couldn't finish it. Can't bring it in. All right. What? Yeah. Come on. Ten dollar beers. We went to watch the Oilers and the and the Lightning in Tampa Bay a couple years ago with Dad. And he's like, "Do you want a beer?" And I was like, "I'd love a beer, but not at eighteen dollars or twenty two dollars." No, I'll, we can go for dinner again. <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. So here, two dollar beers at the stadium. I know it's not packed, but the baseball stadiums are way more fun than at home. Sure. I mean, a Lotte Giants game is is more exciting than. 500 MLB games. The last one I went to was the Giants. In uh, San I think, I think that kind of depends on kind of where you grew up, though, right? So I don't know. I like my baseball experience to be kind of calm Next. down, sit down, watch the game, have a beer, and be able to talk. Try not to fall asleep. Well, yeah, I mean, it just it depends on your. <laughs> it depends. It depends I mean, if it was the Atlanta Braves in the playoffs in the 90s, whoa. Yeah, sure, yeah. Holy shit, man. I mean, something's going to go down here. <laughs> that, and, and, you know, was it Abbott, one arm? Yep. Jim Abbott? Yeah. That's the craziest shit. Like, ever. that That right? was exciting sure. baseball to watch. But go to sit in the Sky Dome? <laughs> like, I feel like you're in heaven. It's just an endless capacity and nobody there. Or, and, right. and there's no intimacy. There's nothing, man. It's so blank and empty. And yeah, Everyone's there for a different reason. Like I said, there's... Well, I mean, it's yeah. a nice day to get out. Sunshine's out. It's summer. You have a few beers. Have a nice conversation. With it's more of a passive... Game. More of a passive yeah, thing. And that's good because, yeah. you know, it's it's more of a slow build as opposed to, like, you know, you go to an NFL game, which is especially at Arrowhead. You know, it's 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 crazy. Full you know? on. Like, full on. You don't, you don't get to sit down. I, I mean, there are games. That's what I'm three, looking four for. Hours. That's what I'm looking for. I really for. like that. Yeah, sure. The Bombers, man, they go with the watermelon, the Rough Riders, watermelon helmets on your head. In October or something, yeah, right. <laughs> like it's minus forty out. Yeah, it's. I went to a, a Bills game one time when I went home for a vacation. It was the craziest. Yeah, it was. It was insane. It was minus thirty. No one like, or not no one, but a lot of people with no shirts. And like you said, just some hats, <laughs> yeah, yeah. their face painted. Just Real fans, passionate fans. Yeah. Hey, it was. Go eight. to a game in Montreal and go to a game in Toronto. It's night and day. Right. Montreal, you're probably wearing three beers before the, the puck drops. Right. Because guys are just bananas. And in Toronto, God, if you say a peep, someone's going to It was 8.30 in the out. morning, dude. People, all you hear is... People are shotgun to beers right. with barbecues and shit. It was, it was 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, you know, beer bongs going everywhere. Oh, you know, yeah. It's crazy. Well, um, the the, the culture around that is just wild. And it spills over into everything. Like, we used to go to University of North Dakota to watch hockey. And... The parties at the frat house and stuff before the games was, oh, and half the people can't even go to the game. Right, they can't even afford a <laughs> ticket. But the the party and around college sports and sports, the sports culture in general in America is, it's awesome. I mean, to top be honest, notch. It's, it's awesome. I went to um, a hockey. I wasn't. I didn't even go to the game. I was just in St. Cloud, Minnesota, when St. Cloud was playing the university. That's a great place. University to play. of Minnesota, and that is just, it's madness. Yeah, it's madness. And you know what? 
it's probably not the healthiest kind of um it's mind not, it's not, not mind frame to very have very machismo and but you know what I wouldn't trade it that's one part of American yeah. culture that I really really miss is just the excitement around do you see sports. the Islanders the Islanders guys the, the Islanders fans? fans in front of the restaurant it's just like eight buddies who are just getting pumped up like uh, <laughs> have you seen them uh, the fans in, in for the Islanders are crazy in the stadium and out of the stadium they're, they're I wild. saw dude I saw guys that were like 40 years old just like the Islanders <laughs> like bumping chest and, and shotgun and beer oh it's too fun but, but there's one thing that doesn't <laughs> Transfer translate in American sports, and it's college sports mm-hmm. to pro sports. Right, college sports are the craziest thing you ever been to. We used to go UND, uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, all of them, uh, Bowling Green. You don't sit down the whole time, and and at yeah. Ralph Engelstead in stadium or arena in, in uh, North Dakota, there, the the kids section is like three sections. And everybody else is a season ticket holder. But those kids get all the suit and ties even up and out of their regular square pants and into the chance and the shit that goes on is a cheer for everything. everything. The first down, touchdown. Patrick touches the puck. Right, right. Something. Brian touches. There's a penalty. The whole freaking stadium. See, uh, from the minute the ref's hand goes up, it's see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when the penalty box door closes, it's see. Yeah. The whole freaking place for everything, Every man. Thing, yeah? And I'm That's like, it, college sports in America is so much more exciting than professional sports. Absolutely. An NHL game can be terribly boring. Yeah. It can be quiet. And again, Montreal is a special place. But so many, I think of football in the UK and the chants and cheers. And it's like a tribe. Yeah. And you're going to war. And it's so much more exciting. Go to watch the Giants and the A's or something. It's like, is anybody even alive in here? Is this a geriatrics convention? Um, but man, that that passion and like in in the UK, that's your religion. Yeah. Your if your team sucks balls or not, this <laughs> is your it. team. That's it. That's what I'm stuck with. But, but when yeah. you see who was the team, Leicester City? Yeah, Leicester. Three four years ago. Yeah, yeah when yeah, they won. Yeah. I mean, they were in yeah. the dumps for fifty yeah. years, <laughs> and like just to watch that is just yeah. incredible, man. But I don't know why professional sports in America don't incorporate that that enthusiasm of college sports. Well, no, I think I think it just depends on the franchise. Like I was saying, I think Buffalo and the Chiefs, it's a definitely... Yeah, but two out of 30 is not much. No, and I guarantee it. You're exactly right. I mean, there's so many other places in the NFL, like Jacksonville, you know, or even Tampa, who just won the Super Bowl. I mean, just plastic fans, you know? That's all they are. That's my shot. That's plastic a good way to fans. Think, yeah. You know, oh my gosh, my team's winning. Let me, let's go watch a game. You know, no, that's just not what I like. You know, I I was born into this and, you know, for better or worse, I'm, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And that's the way most people in Kansas City feel. And they're going to, they're going to be there every week and they're going to scream their heads off regardless of how many wins they have in the win column. Unless they draft Patrick Mahomes. Well, shit I just love it. Anytime I see it, I'm going to bring that up every time. I know. <laughs> Casey, Casey, Casey my here friend, my friend told Ch- me that you're full of shit. My friend, Ch- my friend Chance has actually saved the post that I put on Facebook, and he actually sends it to me every year. He's going to NFT it and fucking sell it oh, to him. Listen, <laughs> listen. He says, he says he hated it 100% no matter what he tells you, but I want to put him I on did. the spot. I did. I, I hated it. <laughs> I hate it, and I obviously Patrick Mahomes will be listening to this podcast, so I just want to <laughs> I want to apologize to him directly. Yeah. Any, oh, sorry. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, the, getting pumped up uh, in rugby, man. You see down in New Zealand, they do that haka. 
Yeah. You could watch it on YouTube and still it feels like you just listen to That's really, a raid shoot. Yeah. No, it's cool. Like don't yeah. get me wrong, but it's always really bizarre to me, right? Because the other team is, yeah, is, stands, is, there, and stands there and watches. What league has that where you no. can do the intimidation and you have to sit there? No. I'm, 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 I, it's do weird. you have to watch it? If I'm the coach. Well, what are you going to do? Like, if you're on the thing and you, you're standing there looking. Do it on your own. Do it yeah. before everyone comes out or something. Then it's kind of, it's right, an intimidation so, thing. I, but, if, I'm, if I'm the captain of the Spring Bulkies, right, in South yeah, Africa, yeah. like, I'm like, like just get, yeah. just get off. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna Let him do solo this. dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. The Hawk is awesome, right? It's cool. It gets everybody fired yeah. up. But I just never understood why the other team just I didn't either. It's weird. It. Yeah. Yeah, when I remember the Sault Ste. Marie Junior Greyhounds when we were young playing. And at the end of their warm-up, they would all line up on the red line and skate 100 miles an hour to the end boards and jump up and smash the glass. It looks a little bit stupid, crazy, funny, whatever, but when you see 20 guys do it, That's awesome. and you hear the noise, and you're on the other side, and you're like, holy shit, those guys are going to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just that intimidation. You're like, whoa, those yeah. guys are pumped up. They're going to they're gonna thunder. They're going to roll yeah. right over us. Yeah. But how about the Royals? Any? Oh man, I uh, so 2015 they won the World Series, and that's it was. But any a... interest there? Any season tickets? Oh, or no, 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 or, no, no, or no. Only uh, Chiefs, all Chiefs. Weirdly enough, this has been the first year that I've really gotten into baseball. And when I say really into it, it's just been one of those things where I know about the farm system. I know about uh, farm you know, system. Yeah. Oh my goodness! The, oh, I know about the Omaha, the Nat- I know about the Omaha Storm <laughs> Chasers. I know about the. Uh, the the nationals you know i've really gotten into it this year unfortunately the year i decided to get into it well okay so baseball starts in april and the royals after the first month of baseball were the best team they had the best record and they were just they were rolling over guys everything was gelling and then i was like you know what i'm really going to try to get into it this year and i learned a lot about the sport and kind of how everything works as far as you know calling people up from the minor leagues sending people down you know designating for assignment i learned about a lot of things in baseball this year and unfortunately, since I've started learning about baseball, the Royals have taken a huge nosedive. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> a huge nosedive. I think I think they've won something like 17 out of the past, I don't know, 40, 40 games, I think. Which is uh, it's pretty devastating. But, you know... So you're done? No. No, I, I, like I said, i got to stick with it now. Yeah, um, you got to learn from the, the Chiefs. Uh, they knocked the Jays out a couple years ago. That was, no, it was 2015. Who was the... Yeah. Who's the little short guy... Keeps his uh, thing open. He punched one of the Jays. Uh, who who well, he that, punched Batista? That was Jordana uh, uh, Ventura. He is actually a... Uh, he actually passed away? No, no, no. Not him. Not him. Oh, is that the... The pitcher. You're talking about the pitcher. I had a joke about him. His favorite drink <laughs> being on the rocks. Didn't he drive a boat into the rock? Into, who? That, are you talking Batista? about the, the pitcher that died? No, no. I, I don't think it was a... I think it was just an actual... Just a regular... Traffic accident, maybe. Oh, I thought yeah. he drove a boat into the rocks, but anyways. Um, no, who's the guy that punched Batista? That wasn't a Royals. That, I remember who you're talking about, but I think, I don't remember his name. But the I do little, remember when that they got into it. That, that little yeah. great shot. He caught him cold. Yeah. I thought those were Royals. Anyways. Last one for me. Yeah, sure. Food. Yeah. KC, barbecue. Do you miss it? Do you, I mean, do you have a chance to do it here? Do you miss the sauces? Do you? I just, it's just... It's just one of those things that it's it's ineffable, you know what I mean? You can't you can't really describe it. Kansas City barbecue is just one of those things that you really just need to do. It's not put hamburgers on the barbecue. No, no, no. I'm talking like smokers. S- smokers. Slow cooking. Cuz I remember Nikki B saying 
Barbecue in Canada and barbecue in KC is very different. No, it is very different. <laughs> Where we think steaks or burgers or dogs no. or chicken breasts no. or whatever. And and it has a very different meaning. Yes. So uh, the sauces, um, sauces are different at kind of in every restaurant you go. You know, you have um, you have Arthur Bryant's, you have Oklahoma Joe's, you have 239. And these are places, like I said, it's really hard to describe. Um but these are people that are just really, really, really concerned um, and care about barbecue. It's a passion of ours. And when anybody from Texas, and don't get me wrong, Texas has great barbecue. Um, and uh oh, shitting on Texas? No, but I'm just saying, uh because -oh. everybody considers Texas to kind of be the best. And believe me, I've had both, and it's not even close. I kind of the I'll wait until I hear it from a Texas. No, right, right, right. <laughs> so no, so kind of the way it goes in America, the kind of the places you go for barbecue, I guess you could say would be Texas, Kansas City, uh, South Carolina, probably, maybe North Carolina, Tennessee. Those are kind of places that you would go for barbecue. But in my defense, when you say go for barbecue, what are you talking about? Yeah, Prime so rib? there's oh uh, no no no. I mean there is rib. There's uh, there's burnt ends. There's um, just your regular, you know, it's mostly burnt ends. It kind of depends on the restaurant that you go to as well. That's kind of what you get. Um, the ribs are incredible. Um, the way they're cooked and the sauce they're put in, you're going to get a different sauce kind of based on where you are in America. So in Texas, you'll probably get more of a sweet style barbecue sauce. And, um, and that's probably the same for South Carolina. But in Kansas City, what you'll get is more of a vinegar based kind of mm -hmm. sauce. It's got a little bit of more of a kick to it. It's got a more savory, I guess you would say, yeah. kind of different kind of savory feel to it. Um, but I will say this. Anthony Bourdain said that Kansas City barbecue is the best in America. <laughs> so I think he knows what he was talking about. Yeah. yeah. Unless he said Texas, then you wouldn't. No, then he's yeah. like, fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Screw that guy. Do you ever try to replicate that here? No. Um, I know on the expat dad site there, you know, everyone's got their own little thing pursuing what they want. And now there's a few guys with smokers and... They're doing their own meats. And yeah. To be honest, I um, I just enjoyed eating the food. I don't really necessarily know how to cook it. Um, the closest thing we can get here is that um, ox, smoke. ox 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 smoking grill, yeah. and that's probably the closest. It probably doesn't hold a can a candle to either Texas or Kansas City barbecue or any barbecue in America in general. But it's the closest you're gonna get. You know, you, it's actually a really nice restaurant. They give you a platter with a blackened chicken. Yeah. They give you the pulled pork and they give you the ribs. The when problem I, is, my wife thinks that that's cancer causing, and I'm like, no, it's supposed to be like that. that, right? Yeah. When she I, loves it. When she, I went there, that was the first time I, I ate. I guess what you call barbecue, yeah. and I went like, whoa, this is much different than anything mm. I've ever had. Yeah. And it's it's it really good. Did and you like it? Oh yeah, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, unreal. Yeah, that is unreal. unreal. At it's Central Weaves Eye. Samson Dome. You know, next to... Uh, really, Terrace Garden. It's really the Terrace good. Garden oh, okay. Outback. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. below Outback. Yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, dude. It's, it's really good, yeah. I think, I think since it's open, Distinct, though, the yeah. quality has kind, kind of gone down a yeah. little bit. They're not... They don't keep up with it as much. Well, but, I think um, he opened a few more stores. Ah, uh, so he's and like... And that's... Now there. he's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. That always ruins it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was the McDonald's only guy McDonald's has kept their... Well, it's because ownership, yeah. Oh, I guess so, yeah. But, oh, I don't know. That was, dude, sitting down there, I went like, ooh, this is, this is much different yeah. than, than anything I've had. The sauces, the, just the general flavor, I don't know what they're doing. If you haven't been through the States there, you would have no idea what that kind of meat is. Yeah. Right. You just don't. And the side dishes are very important as well. You need your beans. You need your macaroni and cheese. You need yeah. your mashed potatoes. Like, that's, that's coleslaw. Coleslaw. You need, you need your sides. That's very Slaw. important. Yeah. yeah. Good times. All right. What do you say?
Good. Wrap her up. I'm all right. Please don't forget to check out our sponsor, Dr. English. It is your one-stop shop for all your English conversational needs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Enjoy learning from the comfort of your own home. Call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class. Take your English to the next level by visiting their website right now, www.dr-english.com.